Good evening, everyone. Happy Friday and welcome along back to Endless Celts again on a Friday night with the boys having a few beers. Looking forward to this one tonight. Um, I am joined by our usual host with the most, Stephen. How you doing, mate? How has your week been? It's been a slow-ass week. I don't know what it is. See, November in general, it's just been really slow and then it's been even more slower. Like uh, the, today, today I'm working, <coughs> just dragged in. It's just so slow getting towards the end of the day. But <coughs> as you said... We're here going to talk a wee bit of reminiscing about old times and different managers. We're on the beer, so cheers everyone who's watching along. There's Stephen Colford and Paul Dadden and Gibson King, Frank Kennedy as well, so unbelievable. Have you got all your Christmas shopping done yet? All that stuff, man. I'm prepared. I prep. Prep. <laughs> and also joined by the funniest man on the podcast, Ross, how are doing, mate? <laughs> I, I thought I was in a date with you two there as a gooseberry. <laughs> He's we're getting right into he's that. Dating, he's dating the night. How's your <laughs> week been, mate? Aye, no bad, mate. Um, I was on in Monday night and I was choked. My Monday night, uh, totally choked with the cold. I know that used to have been the same. I'm starting to feel a lot better now. Uh, and I'm just looking for... Well, picked this team last night and I've been, been buzzing to go on and chat about <laughs> it ever since. It's just one of the ones, eh? You, you think... Can't really be bored picking a team, and then you pick it, and you're like, "Oh, this is brilliant, man!" So we'll see, see whatever these thoughts are, and just uh, get into it. Looking forward to it, right? Um, I see everybody in the chat's talking about all the big news. I know there's a lot of a lot of news going about with Celtic rumours. Uh, Giacomakis no signing a new deal, and Juranovic is away, and uh, obviously the big news about Law coming back. But today, tonight, we're not going to talk about any of that because uh, this is one of our uh, fun spin-offs that we're going to do. We're going to leave that Monday night. If you want to tune in on Monday night, um, all the chat's going to be about that and all the all the, all the news that's that's surrounding uh, at the moment. So it should be big, because there's lots of top, talking points to talk about. But mm-hmm. we are here to talk about Brendan versus Ange. So I'll get all the wee niceties out of the way, first of all. Beer 52, as usual. Sponsors. You know the, you know the uh, drill now. Got onto the pay the postage, get all the get all the fancy beers and that was brilliant. I had I had one recently, it was fucking lovely. So wire into that. And the Super Six, uh we're sitting and Franny Carty is running away with it, top of the league, oh, still now. On two two nine man. points. He's actually nearly he's he's twenty five points ahead of second place. He's that <coughs> James Bowie second, Sean Ross third, Stephen Coltart fourth, Kevin Hampsey uh, is fifth. And it's pretty tight um, behind Franny. But he's pretty much running away with it. But saying <laughs> that, Franny running away with the Super 6. On the scale of things that have been on my mind over the last two weeks, um, I reckon that's registering just below what I'm going to have for my dinner tonight. So <laughs> let's just move on. Let's just move on to that. Standing banner. <laughs> uh, aye, so we're here for um, Brenda versus Andrew. Thought we'd do something. Uh, another wee spin-off, a bit like the Nopes 11, if you've not tuned in and seen that, uh, just get back on the YouTube channel, uh, that was kind of like, our, we, we picked a, a 11 of our worst, worst players to feature for Celtic, which is a bit of fun, it caused a lot, a lot of debate on Twitter, um, it, <laughs> there's loads of channels going through there, loads and loads of debate, so we're hoping this is going to be the same, so uh, pretty much what we're going to do is, I'm just going to do similar to that, we're going to go through the team, um, in each position, I'm going to ask the guys to give me uh, for each position who they thought was the best player for us under Rogers in that position and under Ange in that position, and then who? I am choked, mate. I'm choked, but we'll get through. I've got a few beers. We'll be fine. 
Um, <laughs> uh, what was I saying? Aye. The best player under Rodgers, the best player under Ange in that position, and then who they would actually pick out the two in that position. Bit of debate, hopefully, like we did with the Nopes 11, and then hopefully we'll come to a, to a final 11, fire that on Twitter, and hopefully everybody's shouting abuse at us again for the team we've picked. Uh, but first of all, Ross, I'm going to come to you just about the two managers. First of all, I, I want to just touch on them a wee bit. Uh, we'll, we'll, come, we'll touch on Brendan Rodgers first. How are you in the, the whole Brendan Rodgers category? I know it kind of splits the... The, the fan base a wee bit, a lot of people uh, still think he's a Ian Lawrence, he's a Judas and all the rest of it, but you can't deny what he did for the club when he was here, can you? Oh, yeah, you absolutely can't. I mean, trophy after trophy, every trophy he entered, he won. He played amazing football domestically. It didn't work out brilliantly uh, on a European stage over the piece. Um, at the time when he left... I was absolutely like everybody else, livid, fuming, raging, all there, all of them. But I think through time, I've sort of mellowed about it now, and it he could have left in a better way. We all know that, but it is what it is. I understood. I was while I was raging. I also understood why he done it because he took over a Le- a, a Leicester team who was young. And uh, they had a lot of good, but it's obviously no like that now. But they, they've still got a decent team, Leicester, to be fair. Mm-hmm. But they're underachieving at the minute. But um, he took over a team that was on the up, young players, quality players. And I can understand he's thinking, like, get in there the now and get the team sort of playing and the way he wants to play, get them understanding. And then he's got the full summer. He can write off that sort of end part of the, the, the first season that he took over, if you like. But he's got that bed and in period then, and then he's got his, his summer window. I think that's why he done it. I can understand that now. But for me, what, what he done for the club in the trophy hall that he gave us, off the back of losing to Rangers in a semi-final, one of the worst Rangers teams you'll, you'll ever see in our lives, we lost that game, we were in disarray, he, he took over the team and he didn't bring in that many players. He brought in what he did bring in was quality and likes of Dembele, Sinclair, uh, and they they added to what we already had and what we already had. He made better, so he was a great coach and he was a great manager and an elite manager. And we were very lucky to have him. And it, it, Celtic came along to Brendan Rodgers at a perfect time. And Brendan Rodgers came on to Celtic at a perfect time. It was a match made in heaven for a couple of years. Yep, agreed. Couldn't agree more. Um, obviously, his first season was an invincible season. Um, he's started us on our way to the um, the countless trebles that we had. Um, I, I think that's the record for um, how long <coughs> we went unbeaten. I can't remember how, how many matches it is exactly, 60-odd, I think. Four hundred six, I think it was. <laughs> but Stephen, what are you? I know. Um, yeah, I love to hear your opinion on these things because are you still of the mind? Are you, is he, are you starting to forgive him a bit, or are you still <coughs> the mind that he's like he's a judicial? <coughs> I mean, to be fair, like when we all say like we need a seat nanny, like Ross. <laughs> but I mean, for, for me, call. like we've all got answers, <laughs> sir, and. Uh, I know before Frank Kennedy's asking why we're not talking about the other stuff um, this evening, but again, Frank, this is our one of our planned kind of rewind series. We're just going to crack on with it, and then we'll be on again Monday to discuss 
everything that's happened this week. So we're gonna we're gonna cover it. We're gonna have a bit of fun tonight with a few beers with the lads. But I mean, in, in terms of um the Brendan Rogers situation, I was at his last game and I remember being there and the the person who who was with me as well, he showed me his phone and he said Leicester City sacked their manager at the time. And I just had an England being like, that's his last game, he's away. The way he walked around the supporters was very slow and it was like, do you know what I mean? Just kind of lapping it up as much as he could. And I had that thought when I left the stadium being that's the last time we're going to see him in the dugout. And then actually transpired, he was getting the suit measured to go to Leicester a few weeks before. So it was in, in the works that that was going to happen. But yeah, there's a lot of anger and a lot of <clears throat> a lot of animosity towards him at, at that time. But like Ross said, once you kind of get past that period and kind of look back on it and be like, he, he's kick-started this whole success that, that we're seeing now still to this day in terms of what we provide on the pitch, the, the memorable the memorable times we had as a team. And a, a big part of that, obviously, is him. And you even go to Ronnie Daly, who a lot of people say he he, he, he put the framework in. Rodgers took it over because, I mean, Cal McGregor, Armstrong were both instrumental under, under Rodgers and they, they came with Ronnie Daly, but you look at his time and even before that, he was Liverpool manager and lucky enough to win the league, obviously the Stevie G slip, that's famous, he got promoted to the Premier League with Swansea, he won LMA Manager of the Year, there was plenty of clout, you can tell I've prepped here, I'm loving it, and it, like, there was a, obviously he was a man in demand and about that time, I remember there was, I can't remember who said it to me, but Dermot Desmond said when we lost that semi-final. Sorry like, Stephen, like, was that an offer for Alistair there? <laughs> I think Dermot Desmond was off the, the impression that something needs to change and probably one of his best moves albeit within Celtic Football Club is getting in contact with Rogers and getting them into the club because even though you can go back to the first game Lincoln Red Imps to get a wee bit humbled over in um, Gibraltar and we're thinking oh no this can't be happening but the, the way he made his play, the, the players he brought in, like Sinclair, Dembele was signed on a pre-contract, but he took him to a new level. I mean, the players are already here. Scott Brown, Lustig, Tierney coming through, giving them a bigger kind of impetus in the team. The way, just the style of play, different formations. And I just thought he was just one of them, them managers that, as, as Ross said, came to us at the right time. And yeah, he left, but it was always going to happen. I remember being at the the thing he had, the wee tour thing he had. He went to the Bel- waterfront of Belfast and about his book and he was sitting with him at home and that famous one about Danny the Grail when he purely lied about that and said, can I still be involved? And he was like, of course, Danny, you can be involved anytime. Come up to the training pitch. But then Danny the Grail actually said that was really shit. So you don't know what to believe. But he was, he, he's a, an egomaniac, maybe a strong word, but he, you know me, he, he knows what he wants in his career and he left and he left us in a strong position. The way he went about it was wrong and it will always be wrong, but you can't deny his credentials what he done for us at, at that time. Like, Agreed, agreed. But now we're in, um, we're in new hands. We're in, we've, we've got Ange at the wheel, uh, so to speak, and he's 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 big personality, but a lot different to Rogers in that sense, I think. Um, but similarities are maybe in some sort of we'll get into it later on. But the philosophy, maybe a wee bit, and uh, and the fact he's a proper, he's a coach, he's a head coach, um, and I think uh, maybe Dialy probably started that. Um, with us, where it was a proper head coach rather than a manager, but maybe people disagree. But Ross, what, what more can you say about the man, especially his interviews? And then after that one, the day I was just best thing I've ever seen. Me, what about Big Ange? He's, I mean, we've talked about him numerous times on this podcast. He's absolutely first class. We're we're sort of comparing with Rogers the night, 
And if you, Rogers, like we said, fantastic manager. I agree. Similar sort of styles. Uh, in terms of like ball, having a lot of the ball and stuff like that, but Ange's like just one way <coughs> all the time. Rogers, he, he could change it up a bit. Uh, he was a very good tactician, Rogers. I think the the best proof you could talk about was when he, he changed it up when we went down to ten men at Ibrox and still won the game three two. But yeah. uh, back to Ange. I think the difference between him and Rogers, the biggest difference for me is Rogers. Stephen said it there. He, he, he came with a massive ego. He came yeah. for the English Premier League at, at Liverpool, almost won the league. I don't think Ange's got the ego. He, he, he's got self belief, an amazing amount of self belief, but he's not got a massive ego and he's not arrogant with that self belief. Uh, he's respectful. Um, and he's just the way I just think his his whole his whole persona is uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? He's he's sort of the same. We all know it. He's got the same sort of morals as the club. Uh, he's very grounded down to earth, and he's a great great manager uh, so far anyway. And I don't see that changing. I think. When Ange leaves Celtic, it'll be because he's ready to leave, not because Celtic want him to leave. I think he's that good. I don't think Ange Postecoglou, Ange Postecoglou gets sacked for Celtic. I think the football he plays, as much as I loved Brendan Rodgers' football, we'll probably get into this. <coughs> as much as I loved Brendan Rodgers' football, it was brilliant. It was winning football. Postecoglou is for me is. I don't know. I don't know if it's easier, slightly easier on the eyes, the wrong term, but it's it's definitely more exciting. And Rogers played exciting football. He played brilliant football. But Ange Postecoglou is scintillating football. When it when it clicks, it is absolutely brilliant to watch. You're up and down. You're off the seat. You're shouting. It's goals, goals, goals. It is absolutely brilliant. And like when we had Rogers, we were blessed and privileged to have him. I think you can say the exact same about Ange Postecoglou. Agreed. I totally agree, mate. I think just um, you summed it up well there, and, and Stephen said it as well about his ego. And, and like, if you do feel like Ange is just one of us, uh, working class, and <coughs> um, the fact that he defends us at every turn as well. And uh, I, I think you made a really good point there about like, um, like at the, at the end. Um, <laughs> You like that? I tickled Stephen that one, didn't it? <laughs> in the end, in the end, when Rogers left, it was it was like a, you know, penny pinching for the board, and um, we're not going to get anywhere. Whereas I think Ange is more of the mindset of like, and you say he, he said it himself when, but recently when we were in Sydney, when they talked about how um, how the team would be jet lagged and all this, and he says, "Right, are you going to play a violin?" No, professional football's good. I think he would be the same mindset if that was the case, and if he wasn't getting the money. He'd be like, hey, "Okay, we'll just deal with it." But Stephen, just a wee quick word on Ange as well. Um, we'll get into it a wee bit later on. I think maybe about the the the, the, the two of them and and what we've, what what our good points are about both and bad points or whatever. Um, but just a wee quick point on Ange. I mean, I seen the, I don't know if you've seen the Twitter clip of Jack Sting recently doing a wee, a, a wee kind of interview, and he said in this that he prepares the team that they can face losing to an opponent. You know what I mean? So that complacency issue isn't going to be there. And I think that's fantastic to hear 
the, our best manager in history to say that because I think that translates into now. Postacoglu has that team geared up to know they can lose on any given day. They need to be on it, need to be sharp, need to be ready. And we always remind back to when Postacoglu came in the door. <coughs> we were all guilty of it. We are all na- naive and we are all built up for Eddie Howe and all that type of crap that was going around at the time. And you pointed out the penny pension from the board and I mean, Peter Law will come back today. Let's hope that doesn't impact uh, Postacoglu in the future. Ross said he, he won't leave it when he's sacked, but he might be forced out the door if other ways. We'll never know, but we'll get into that. But, I mean, you look at it in, in terms of Postacoglu himself, the, the way he carried himself from day one, it would have been very easy to go in to that job and find everything disrespectful from the media, bite back at them, give them a reason to, to hold you to headlines every week if you lose or drop points. But, he was always from the start. He was so grounded. He brought the media down with them, and every question that they ask him, he has a counter for, and it's perfect. And I think, to be fair, there's no one in Scottish media that I've seen has got the better of him, and long may that continue. And the way the team for me, I remember when he first came in, uh, when you seen a lot of interviews from his previous club in Japan, and they were saying they used to call him boss, boss all the time. That's how the players addressed him every every day in the workplace, and. When you hear the wee clips of the, of the audio with the training ground, that's what they all call him, boss, boss, boss. It's instant respect. Yep. He didn't have to fight for respect. And he always made. He always said from the, the get-go, he wanted the players to buy into him, buy into his philosophies, buy into what he wants to do. And that happened really quick. I mean, we've seen the, the – I know the styles will come on to it, but just like a quick overview. We've seen the inverted fullbacks early in pre-season. We're wondering what's going on against the likes of Sheffield – Wednesday and you're you're going well, well, what's Urigidi coming into the coming into the middle playing passes and you're like wow this this is mind blowing and you have to stick with that process and that's all he's ever told us the supporters and Dan Orobitz again <clears throat> go back to it he said it'll be a roller coaster and, and like Ross said you're, you're up and down your your heart's going a million miles an hour and when you're dropping points you're raising because you know the team can do so much better and when you're winning it's fantastic because it's usually by two or three goals and the players are on form. But the, the, the man himself is just incredible. And I've seen even when Australia qualified for the game, brilliant achievement, by the way, Aaron Boy included, for the, the last 16 of the, <laughs> the World Cup, that even one of their main pages quoted a thing that Ange Postacoglu said in one of his uh, team meetings in, in regards to he doesn't want to wake up in the morning and say about the NFL, AFL. He yeah. wants them to focus on Australian on football. football. And they're using that to this day, and he's not even involved in the Australian national setup. And I think that's fantastic. And he's just been inducted into the Hall of Fame over there as well. And again, the Sydney homecoming, we all know it was about money and about trying to push our name over in a faraway seas and stuff like that. But it just shows the gravitas of the club. And the only thing that scares me one day, Posta Cody's going to jump ship, which, which will happen. We're all that naive enough to know, but I don't want to. Have that day for a long time, just oh, yet. Time soon, anyway. I think you make a great point about the the whole the, the um the respect and and him getting called boss because uh, he's not he's not demanding people call him boss. That's that's a respect. <coughs> and I think it's because of the human being he is, <coughs> and he shows respect and he just gets it in return. I just think he's a magical, magical human being. But let's get tucked into the teams. Um, <laughs> how did you find this, Stephen? Did you find it difficult? I've changed my team two or three times, right? Because the amount of flack that I got for Efren Juarez, by the way, for right back, That's was fucking me, mental. Man. Mental. It says on his wiki page he can play right back and centre midfield, right? So he was going to be in the team regardless because Anthony had him. So I'm not taking the shit. So I had the, I've changed it two or three times in mind. I've finally stuck the one. 
bit, probably a bit controversial. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how much flack I get, but it was hard, Willie. Really, so, right. fuck you. So, <laughs> looking forward to it. Ross, what about you? Did you find it difficult? <laughs> I think with the um, chat is you've got, you've got a team pretty much nailed on and then you were quite happy. Uh, I, uh, to be honest with you, there was probably one position, two positions, a push where I really struggled and then there was a couple where it was like, oh, could, but we'll obviously get into why I picked yeah. other ones. Uh, but I am I'm very happy with my team. And to be honest with you, I don't know how you could pick much different from what I've picked, but <laughs> someday will, do you know what I mean? Because it's, it's all in, different opinions. Did you go in, Ross? Or Stephen, I'm going to ask you the same, but did you go into it with a mindset of like, oh, this is going to be heavily Angie's team or heavily Rogers team and then we're surprised without getting too much away? Or did you just sit down and look between the two and just... Um, well, I, I know... I... Oh. Who was that to? It was, it was to Ross first, but you can go, Stephen. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> go ahead, Ross. Right. Um, uh, I, I never went in with a, a mindset it was going to be heavily either side. I just... Obviously, I know what Angie's squad is currently and what it was last season. So I didn't need to really look that up. I just had to go back, just in case I was missing anybody. Went back the squads and Rogers' uh, tenure, and I just obviously pitted it against the the Postecoglou squad. The now, as I mean, that's that's what. How else yeah. would you do it? But um, <laughs> I, I I felt like it it was too difficult for most of it and. I th- you you said it had to be a four two three one that night. Aye, aye, aye. four two three uh, one. Well, aye, aye. well four, aye. Three, three, to be honest with you, it's a it's a four two three one, but th- that's in Europe when we're playing it domestically. It'll go into four three three. Definitely. Aye. You can, instead of playing a number ten, you can have an eight and a half. Aye, but <laughs> aye, I I think it was. I I, I thought it was going to be more difficult than what it actually was. Aye, and short. Well, Stephen, I think he's of a different mindset. What did you did you think I'm going to be more Angie's team, or, or did you just just sit down and then when it came out, were you surprised? I went again as I always do in these elevens, combined elevens or exercise. I went with what I liked and players I liked and players that I enjoyed watching play. So if if, if it weighs heavily towards one side, that's fair enough. But in my mind, these are the players that were like, yeah, brilliant players. And as Ross said. Maybe we should be similar here. We obviously don't know, but again, it's all um, conjecture, isn't that right, Ross? Until yeah. oh, the yeah. final elevens come out. This is why I like love that. these things. Nope's eleven was brilliant because, like the traction it got on Twitter and stuff like that as well, because people have got different opinions in it. Mm-hmm. And I know it's like it can it can depend on things. Some people sorry, when guys. they do that, sorry, see, some people think when they do these things, I need to hate somebody that protects the back and, and proper tactics. Whereas other people are like, I just want to go all out attack and just put a, a person that was a number 10, but I'm going to play him in a number 6, all that sort of thing. So it's, it's, it's always interesting. But uh, before we move on quickly, guys, all the chat is loads and loads of stuff about the the ongoings and out. Apologies if you were if you were coming on to, to, <laughs> to, to rant about Lowell or the rest of it, but Monday night, um, if you're still looking to rant, uh, this is your safe place in the chat anyway. I love all the chat that's going on between everybody. Loads of debate. Keep it going on in your night, but well, uh, Monday night's the place to be. Uh, <laughs> the guys are going to be running over it, so that um, should be good. But aye, safe place in the chat. Keep debating. It's great to see everybody's opinions and all the rest of it. But let's is, go on. Uh, to the... Sorry, is John in the comments? 
No, he's not. No. Is he no? No, I was expecting him to be in like full throttle. <laughs> arguing with everybody. Um, but let's get on to the team. Um, start with the keeper. So the idea is we've got to come to you individually. Um, I want you to give me your, your best keeper under Rodgers and your best keeper under Hart. Um, and then under heart, under, heart. <laughs> under Foster Cody. <laughs> wonder, wonder who, wonder who, Molly's having in goals. <laughs> under Ange, and, uh, and uh, just looking at my notes here, and his fucking name just popped up there. So, uh, under Ange, and then I'm not actually going to. I'll go to the other person and find out what their two were first before we we move on, and then we'll kind of talk about any other notables that aren't in the top two, but we can maybe discuss. And so, Ross, I'll come to you first. Who's who was your who did you think was your best keeper under Rogers and then Ange? Um, I, I think they're they're both sort of no brainers. Um, under Rogers, it has to be Craig Gordon, and then under Ange, I mean, Barkas had a, he had a really good couple of games, <laughs> uh, and then he got punted, didn't he? So it has to be Joe Hart. It's it's, it's not even up for discussion. If Stephen says anything else, I'm putting my headphones down <laughs> and go straight to the living room. <laughs> Stephen, what's the two you went for? I take it after we're going to debate who gets in the team, eh? Yeah, yeah. That type of thing. Well, after so we obviously, get, once we put our top two, I'll ask you who you actually picked out the two. Right. All right. And then, and we'll kind of discuss uh, the guys that are mentioned as well and see and like just discuss our memories of them and all the rest of it. So, I mean, under Rosers has to be Craig Gordon. I think as well, like his career beforehand, obviously the injuries and kind of bring them in on a free transfer, build them up. Stevie Wees did a great job and he was a mainstay under Rogers. So it has to be him. And then for France, Paul Sakogli, like, I mean, unless you're, so unless you're inept, I don't know what else he can say. It has to be, ben, has to, has to be Benjamin Segrist. I just, I just think he's been absolutely. No, I'm only joking. It has to be Joe Hart. Obviously, Joe Hart, former England number one. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> former England number one. And, uh, yeah, has to be him for that, yeah, 100%. So, what's your, um, what, so let's, let's compare the two keepers, Ross. What did you think, um, Gordon's, uh, positives were? What did you think was his good points? And, and what did, what do you think he was maybe not so good at that he needed to work on? So, I mean, do you want me to compare against Hart's credentials or just Gordon and himself? I just, I just Gordon and himself, aye, and then we can we can aye. touch on Hart afterwards as well, aye. Um, well, I think in terms of Craig Gordon, I think it's no up for discussion that he was a tremendous shot stopper. I think he's still proving that now at nearly what is he thirty nine, forty, something like that. But aye. he's still. I think he's pushing forty now, aye. Aye, for me, this season. He's been the best keeper in the league by a distance. I think he's his shot stopping is outstanding. It's not up for discussion. I think in terms of uh, maybe one and ones, maybe not quite as strong as obviously we'll get on to Joe Hart, but uh, I don't think he's maybe not quite as strong there. Uh, commanding his box. Maybe not his greatest quality. Maybe I think that things like that stopped him. Plus injuries stopped him from playing at the very top level. I think if he didn't have injuries, he could have he could have went to a, a bigger club. Um, I think penalty kicks. I think he was fairly decent at penalty kicks, apart from when uh, 
Edward Paninkadom, but <laughs> and then he was raging. <laughs> but uh, aye, I think his all round game <laughs> is strong, and to do it at the level he's still doing it, doing it at, uh, speaks volumes about his ability. Yeah. I think he's, I would say, a top. I said in a podcast previously, he was world class. <laughs> I was a wee bit drunk, I was carried away. It was a agree to disagree. He's not world class. But he's a. Was top... that a back down? No, nah, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> not, not even a double down, kid. No, um, he's. He, but he's, he's. I think he's a top class keeper, top drawer. And uh, I, I, I absolutely loved him at Celtic. And when they signed him, similar to Joe Hart now, I think people were thinking his career was done. Celtic took a gamble on him and it paid off. Definitely did. Um... Do you think there was a lot of clamour after he, he, he did leave uh, for the fans? I think it was probably after Barkas had a bit of a nightmare start, but everybody was clamouring a bit, saying that we shouldn't have let him go. Do you think? Do you agree with that, Ross? Um, I think we we shouldn't have let him go before we nailed down. Excuse me, before we nailed down Forster, because Forster was the number one keeper. He was keeping Gordon out of the team. If he's going to be back at Parkhead again for a fo- another season, then Gordon himself wants to play football. He knows he's coming to the twilight of his career. He's probably said, "Look, if, I, if you can't offer me regular first-team football, I want to leave. Celtic have granted him that, thinking that Foster's, Foster's leaving. Eh, thinking that Foster's coming back in, sorry. But he leaves. What's Mark saying there? Well, I mean, Brendan Rodgers wanted a ball-playing goalkeeper and he, he brought in Doris de Vries and he couldn't <laughs> cut it as an actual goalkeeper. So he had to go with Gordon and he improved <coughs> on his footwork. But you have to we'll probably go to Joe Hart. I don't think Joe Hart's footwork I, is that great I, either. I, but I, um, I can't even mind what I was saying there now before that. <laughs> I can't even mind. Well, like but... <laughs> Again, mind blank again. No, you'd asked me a question about... I can't remember. Oh, yeah, it was about him coming back in and then you said about Forster. If we nailed him Aye, Forster, then he would have been that's away. It, but... Well, that's it. I think you can't... You, you have to blame that in Celtic. It was... Prop, I mean, I'm only going for the information you get fed, but it looks to me like Celtic have sort of went with a, maybe a verbal agreement with uh, Forster and he's backed down on it. So you could say... Foster's been a bit shite there, but then at the same time, that's unprofessional for Celtic. They should not let a keeper like Craig Gordon leave the club before they have got pen to paper for Fraser Foster. So, yep. in that sense, if if Foster comes in, you can let Gordon go. But he, he doesn't come in, so you have to keep Gordon because he's, he's a keeper that's proved that he can do it for Celtic and win trophies. It didn't yep. work out that way and it was a big mistake in the end with hindsight. Yep. Totally agree. So, Stephen, just coming to you, what about uh, our current keeper, Joe Hart? Uh, he's another one that has, has been put in this kind of top two. Um, you were a big... You you weren't wanting him in the door. You weren't, when he first signed with you, you weren't too happy with him. And um, I know he's had a bit of criticism this year. But what what do you think about Joe Hart? <coughs> What's he done well since he's came in? And, and also, what do you think that he, he doesn't do so well that we could we could probably improve on? I mean, to be fair, he's a man that changed my opinion. <clears throat> As you said, when he when he first came in, 
I was like, what are we doing? Getting this, like another egomaniac coming from England, doing head and shoulder adverts for a million quid, going bananas in the, in the tunnel of England. How the hell do you Just get never... head and shoulders advert when you have knee hair, by the way? I know. <laughs> like he's, always, but he's, always, he's never had like a proper full head of hair. No, I, well, I, I, I just never really liked the fella. I, I, obviously, probably wrong to judge a big bad's cover that old one. But when he came in, he, he spot into the club straight away. And what what's funny, like Mark said and, and Ross alluded to, like both managers want ball playing goalkeepers, but necessarily <laughs> the ball playing goalkeepers we had, like Barkas or um, Doris the Freaks at that time, didn't cut it. So we've been stuck with the, the two goalkeepers who are good at other things and not necessarily their feet. But too hard for me, he's good at probably um, reaction saves. One-on-one, we've seen that plenty of times. When he's free, he closes the lines down. Well, what bothers me about him a lot, he never really comes for a cross ball. I know Egyptian King in there said they have to remove his uh, super glue from his boots, the, the jump high and catch one. I do agree, I think, sometimes he's a bit bit weak defending his box at corner kicks and probably kind of marshalling that defence in them areas. And European football, for me, he's... Couple of saveable shots again, Willie. That we've talked about numerous times, and I think he should have probably done better with them. Yeah. So yeah, Joe Hart's a he's a good keeper, but he's he's not great in my opinion. There, there's there's better keepers out there that we probably could go for in the future. He he's a he's a keeper that I would say will do for now. Just he'll do while he's here. Um, if I go to Craig Gordon, and Craig Gordon is different because obviously he has Scott Bain doors to freeze and um Logan Bay at one point as well. He was good. My grandmother really liked Logan Bay. But yeah, Craig Gordon was different because he kind of stayed for three years, was entangled to the team. I know Joe Hart, Joe Hart is as well, but what I don't know what. I Craig Gordon for me, as much as it pains me to say it, probably edges it back then. In, in, in terms of um, Are you backing down, I'm not backing down. I never brought up the argument. You said he was world class, but uh, you stopped shouting. Joe Hart's plenty of folk. Joe, 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 Joe Hart is a. Uh, He's a keeper it'll do for now. I don't think he's excellent. Like I think he's just at the moment probably average. So what do you oh Stephen, I'll just come to you. Out of the two, who did you go for in your team? Did you find this difficult? No. The keeper. The goalkeeper one? No. No. Did you know? No. Interesting. Interesting. Who did you go for? I think we all know who you have went for. Craig Gordon. <laughs> and Ross? Aye, Craig Gordon now. And what was your you? I think Stephen's already pretty much explained his, but did you why did you go with him over Hart? Um, I I, th- I don't think there's a great deal between them really. They've they've got their as I touched on, they've got their strong points. Stephen alluded to it. Hart's reactive one and ones. He's he's better than Gordon. Gordon's a better shot stopper. I don't think either of them command their box. Um, I would say I don't. There's no lot between them. Uh, but, in terms of like their their feet, but I would say that probably Hart's distri- distribution, the throwing the ball and kicking the ball out of his hands, is far better than Gordon's. But I went for Gordon just purely on longevity, which is no Hart's fault. He's he's not been there as long as Gordon and trophy hall. That that's what got gave got him the nod for me. Fair enough, and Stephen agrees. So that was pretty easy. That wasn't too easy. Um, I I actually struggled with it, but I probably would have went with I would have went with Gordon as well. Yeah. It's funny because they're both like as I've said, they've both got similar attributes and and the mm-hmm. fact that they're good shot stoppers. But and I think their negative points are pretty similar as well. Uh-huh. So and and <laughs> kind of they came to the club at a certain age and all that as well. There's a lot of similarities between the two of them actually. 
Um, but aye, I think Gordon would, would have probably picked Dixie. He's definitely in. Agreed. Um, Agreed. That was easy. Easy peasy. So let's go on to the right back now. Uh, I'll come to Stephen first this time. Um, right back first. So who's who was your best right back under Rogers, and <coughs> who's our best right back currently under Ange? Well, under Rogers, I think it's pretty obvious. It has to be Lustig. I think Lustig was a player that was just fantastic for us over seven years. He, he came in a at a time under Lenny, I believe. I think it was around twenty thirteen, <coughs> on a free transfer from Norway. Come in, typical Scandinavian, typical Scandinavian player, just well rounded, good athlete, strong, can play centre back, a bit like Alison <coughs> Johnson, who who is nearly confirmed as a new Celtic player from from Canada, but can fill in multiple positions. I thought like the the, the crowning moment for him when he when he scored a, against Rangers and put the the police hat on, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Oh, and he does he, he just bought into what Celtic does bought into what Celtic was all about and. You, you look at that because it'd probably be easier for like him because Mialbi, Henrik Larsson, that affinity with Sweden, all that type of stuff. And he's come into the club. He already knows about it, obviously, because Celtic are probably well played over in Sweden. And he was just fantastic. Again, nothing flashy, nothing immense, just solid, a general. Somebody was like a captain when we had Scott Brown, just someone to bounce off for the younger players. Just a fantastic player. Under, under Postacoglu, it's strange because... I've switched my opinion. This is what I've struggled with a wee bit. I've switched my opinion a few times between Ralston and Juranovic, mainly because Juranovic hasn't really been on it this season. But probably 65% of me still stayed with JJ Juranovic for what he can provide and what he can do when he's on form. And you can't really argue with it. He's doing it in the World Cup at the moment. He's through to the last 16 with Croatia and he's going to go up against Mieta, which is going to be quite interesting to watch. But... Yeah, again, coming in from Niger Warsaw, no one really knew much about him. Could play the inverted fullback role really, really well. He can play like a centre midfielder. He can spray the ball about, gets forward, fantastic pace. Still has Ryan Kent plastered in his back pocket. And just one of the, a player who I really enjoy watching when he's on form. Unfortunately, it looks like that's going to come to the end. But the two players who went for a right, right back slot is Lustig and Josip Juranovic. Interesting, interesting. Mark uh, Kearney. Mark Kearney. You're, you're always a Ralston man. I've heard you before. <laughs> uh, Ross, what about you? Who did you go for in, the, in that position for each for each manager? Um, uh, I went with, uh, like Stephen went with Juarez, I went with Odson uh, Edward for right back. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need to stop? Warren's going to play right back. Oh my God. So could Odds and Edward. He could play anywhere in the park. I couldn't get him in the team anywhere else. <laughs> nah. Um, I'm going to be pretty boring. Uh, I went, well, no boring. It's, you have to, in terms of, <clears throat> in terms of the Rogers team, it has to be Lustig. There's no yeah. other candidate. Absolutely no other candidate. Again, like Gordon, he's longevity. He's trophy hall. He fell in love with the club. He got it. And then, on the park, he could play. He could defend. First and foremost, he could defend. And that's what I want. I know modern day fullback and the way Ange plays, I love it. I love the guys going forward, putting up Midley Park and playing through balls and getting into, like, into attacking positions. But first and foremost, I want them to be able to defend and wish they'd done that. And he did get goals. That one at Ibrox in the five-one game, oh. and it 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 provided a no, I wouldn't say brilliance, but he, he, 
he contributed up the top end of the field as well in the Rodgers team. Uh, he seen it in the goal at McDermott Park. Uh, he was a big part of that goal. Uh, I, I just think he was a class act. And he played in big tournaments with Sweden. Do you know what I mean? He's a Swedish international. You don't play for Sweden yep. if you're shite. And Michael, and Michael Lustig was outstanding. And also... Michael. I mean, for the outside looking in, he looks like he would have been a great guy to have in the dressing room. And uh, he was he was one of my... What are we laughing at here? <laughs> Stephen said you said Michael. Did I? Aye. Sorry. <laughs> me, Kyle. Me, Kyle Lustig. Listen to him, eh? Can't I even know. say a dabba. I'm fucking a dabba. <laughs> Can't even say a dabba, aye. <laughs> but, eh, uh, aye. I mean, first class. He has got to be... And if you're putting a... a Brendan Rodgers' team, the right-back has to be Lustig, no doubt about that. Yep. Uh, in terms of, do you want me to go into the Ange one? Aye, aye, aye. In terms of that, I, for me, it was it wasn't even up for discussion. Again, I think it has to be Juranovic. I think Ralston has come in at times and done really well, and I think he's a good, a very good understudy. And it's something that Ange is trying to have throughout the team is not so much understudies, he wouldn't call it that, but he wants to have good options that are not going to take away from the team that much. For me, Juranovic, in recent times he hasn't defended as well as Ralston, I will admit that, but for me, over the piece and as a player, I think he is a better all-round player like Stephen said, in attacking, he plays that inverted fullback better than Ralston does. And by the way, it's difficult to say that about Ralston because he's set up and he's scored a lot of goals when he's come in and he has got that delivery. He finds that delivery where he digs it out for absolutely nowhere. But for me, and it's not just because he's got a fancier name, Juranovic is a better footballer and he's... He's, he's just a better option at right back for me. So uh, 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 the two that I've picked are Lustig and Juranovic. That's interesting because I was genuinely going to come straight back to you and just say about the whole Ralston situation and that if his name was Ralstonovic or whatever and he played with Croatia, <laughs> would he be in? Because do you think that if Ralston was first choice and he'd been playing the way Juranovic has been playing this year, he would he would still be in the first team? He would still be in the first 11? Um. If if he, if he was playing the way Juranovic has been playing aye, this if he, season, if he, if he had a dip in form like Juranovic kind of has this year, do you aye, think he'd be, he'd be a main team? Aye, I see. I, I didn't quite grasp the question at first there, <laughs> but um, aye, uh, that's a fair point. Maybe no. I mean, he can't get in the team, and every time he comes into the team, he does well. Aye, and Juranovic aye. at times this season has been indifferent. But I think I'm basing my decision more off the form that Juranovic uh, showed last season uh, and the fact, yeah. the very fact that his first game he came in and he played right back at Ibrox and he was outstanding. Aye. Aye, he played left back, didn't he? <laughs> you mean? Left back. <clears throat> eh, sorry, left back, aye. aye. Um, played left back and he's done it on a few occasions. Uh, but I basing it off last season, I think that I don't think you can argue that Juranovic is a better footballer than Ralston. That's a fair point. Right. Stephen, what do you think about that, about the whole Ralston? Like, what I just, the same question pretty much that he, is it more than the, 
And I think maybe for managers sometimes, and I'm not saying that I would rather hear Alston or I would rather hear Arnovic, and it's just, just purely based on uh, just stepping back and, and having a look at it. But like, like Ross says, whenever Ross has <coughs> stepped in, he's, he's hardly put a foot wrong. Um, and I know with managers, um, if they've if they've signed somebody, they're obviously wanting them to succeed more than than somebody that's been at the club, for example. And it's, he has had a dip in form. Is he in the team because he's he's a Croatian international, and or is it he is just better a better all round player? Attributes are better. He might have had a dip in form, but he's just a better player. What, what's your thoughts on it? He's in the team for a multitude of reasons. First of all, because. He's better in that position in terms of the style of play and what Costa Coldly wants. Second of all, because Celtic want to cash in on him and earn as much money as they can off him. So he has to be playing every week instead of sitting on the bench behind Ralston. So that's another opinion of mine. And Egyptian King's 100% right there. He's been really good at the World Cup. I've watched pretty much all of his games he's played and he's been, he's been decent on the right-hand side. The thing for me, yeah, I've seen a lot of, a lot, a lot of love for Ralston in the comments and especially from Mark and Gary. And it's pretty pretty refreshing to see because again that points to the, the kind of depth we have having two quality right backs we can we can choose upon. What I would say uh, is finally. that's a good point, right. Frank. Mate. Yeah, it's yeah, hundred percent. The attitude kind of gets them in, in that aspect. Ralston is a perfect foil for Yakimakis when Yakimakis is starting, M- merely because your elevates is intricate. He plays the next balls one two, he gets in, into the middle of the box, that type of stuff. But Ralston whips that ball in. The, the, the Jack and Magus first time and you see the link up they have and I think it's great and Ralston is, is a good player remember when he got his deal and we were all like what the hell's going on we're going backwards all that type, all that type of stuff but he's, he's fairly proved that I loved how refreshing he was in his interview when he got asked about all that he was like he had a daughter his family life and he just nailed it down he, he buckled down listened to Anne's Buster Cogley and look at him now may not be a regular but he's still really important to the team but your elevates, as Ross said, without doubt, qualities, he's better. Attitude, maybe not, but we need him playing. We need to see, we need teams to come and scout him. We need to right. get him to go away. <laughs> Listen, I mean, we've kind of went a wee bit off tangent with what we're taking about here. We're talking about Juranovic and Ralston, but I mean, it's, it's a good problem to have. We've just talked about Rogers' team, and there's nobody coming even close to pushing Lustig. I think who would they have Gamboa at one point? Nobody uh, on the other team. Lustig. Oh, yeah. Aye, these players were there, and. <laughs> Oh, yeah, centre mid for you. Um, oh, yes, for, <laughs> see, under under Rogers, they brought they brought the guys in, and everybody was gaining it for about two years. Lustig's finished, and all the rest of it, but he still was getting packed, and he was still mm-hmm. doing the job, and it frustrated me. It, and it, they they done it with Forrest last season. He was finished, and all the rest of it, and now he's come back into the team, and he's shown that he can still do it. He's not going to do it on a regular basis because of the options we have. But if we didn't have that many options, believe me, I would trust James Forrest to come in and do the job for Celtic. But Bang because it. we have so many options, he's not getting a run in the team. I, I agreed. But um, right, so let's say... Uh, Stephen, I think this one's pretty much nailed on as well, but who did you go for? Mikel Lustig at right back. And Ross? Not Michael. Mikhail Lustig. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> Too much agreement so far. It's, 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 it's interesting. I, I think this is where it's going. I wonder if the left back will be the same. <laughs> 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 right, let's go to the centre half next. So I think the way we'll do this, um, Stephen, I'll come to you first. 
I want you to give me two for each team, or two for, two from okay. each manager. So two of the best under Rogers that you thought, and two of the best that you think under Ange. And just pretty much the same again, just a wee quick run through what you think their qualities are and maybe memories of, of each player and all the rest of it. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> I didn't hate you trying to slash me. I was only asking you a question. But uh, basically, the, the way I looked at this, right, so you're wanting two from Postagoglu, two from, from Brendan, right? So yeah, start with Brendan gonna, first. Because we're going to pick two. I don't want you to pick one. One for each, because you might want to have two for Postacoglu or two for Rogers. So I want right, you give me four, sorts. and then we'll pick two so, for, the, for the four. So for me, from Rogers' team, I'll start with that game. He, he divides opinion. I know I spoke about him before. Ross has kind of had a go, but yeah, Christopher Iyer loves this guy, don't you? you love Christopher Iyer. I thought in terms of a defender, modern day defender, he, he he had it all for me. Pace, he could take the ball out from the back. Then got up the play. Remember that goal he scored against Aberdeen? Ran the whole length of the pitch. Smashed it in. Unbelievable. He could do stuff like that. Yeah, there was question marks over his right strength. Back, and... man, eh? I right back, yeah. Right, so, yeah. look, can't fill in different positions for us already. <laughs> but uh, Christopher Ayer, for me, like I think in terms of what you can offer, I know he's not really getting much time at Brentford, but for us, I thought he was great. Young boy coming from Norway, 16 years old. He was already captain in the senior side over there. Uh, Delia brings him in. Youth program. Rogers brings him up through. I thought he was a great player. Another player I went with from the the Rogers oh, here. I mean, Swiatchenko, Eric Swiatchenko. Interesting. I thought. I, I thought to be fair. I mean, I was obviously thinking about Boyata, Semenovic, all them types of players. I was thinking Swiatchenko for me got the rough end of the stick. I always thought he was a good defender. I really did. I thought he was solid. Again, much like Ayer, I thought he could pass the ball as well. And he was he was quick in the turn, and he was he could, had good head and ability. Obviously, he scored in that um, was it, he scored in the semi final, didn't he? When we got beat, which was quite yep. disappointing. But yeah, Svetanko and yeah, there's the obvious like <coughs> Boyata and Semenovic. He asked you for when there a, a multitude of players, Philip Bankovic as well. But um, <laughs> yeah, Paul, oh, we're in for a long haul tonight. It's Friday. Look, years. <laughs> um. Another for the two from the the Postacol I think it's very obvious. Carter Vickers, absolute fridge machine. The yeah, mark hundred percent. Um, yeah, Carter Vickers, just an absolute magnet. I've seen the footage of him in the USA game, by the way, and he does kind of put his back to that player, and he fell flat in his arse, and that that's just the type of guy we're used to seeing a Celtic, and he, he's again he's quick, not really tall, but he can win his duels. He can pass the ball. We spoke about him before playing the ball away from the back, and I think he's getting really good at that. The other player from that from the Postacoglu time, we talk about Dickie's away here, but um, <laughs> I was I, I'll have to throw in. I mean, there's only really one other I can really think of here, and that's Starfelt for me. Yeah. Starfelt, a guy again, came in with a lot of. I mean, even still to this day, people kind of writing him off, and I still think he's great when he he, he offers us a lot of experience. He's apparently he's one of the quickest at the club, which is um quite interesting when you hear that the players do them. Aye, he's one of the quickest. Aye. They always name him. Aye, over over a course of yards. Aye, I was going to say it's no acceleration. Aye. must just be pace yeah, yeah. when he's at full blown pace because he's accelerating. Aye. Aye. they must give him a mile head start. <laughs> he's just bombing. Complete <laughs> <laughs> blindly. But I so I went with Eric Swiatanko, Christopher Ayer, Cameron Carter Vickers, and Carl Starfelt. Obviously, we're going to decide when, when, yep. when Ross gets his team. Ross, which four did you go with? Well, 
for the Rogers error, 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 sorry. <laughs> um, Stephen touched on my dislike for Chris Ayer. It's not a dislike. I, th- I thought he was a good player. I thought he was very overrated by the fan base. I think everybody bummed him up to be this amazing player. I thought he was just okay. I thought sometimes defensively there was mistakes there, but certainly coming out with the ball, absolutely brilliant. As Stevens alluded to, that one at Aberdeen. I mean, he he, he was originally a like defensive midfielder, so yeah. he, he could play, there was no doubt about it. Uh, last, ditch, last ditch tackles, etc., stuff like that. The one... Um, we beat Rangers 2-1 at Parkhead. We we were down to 10 men. And Ayer gets that block right at the end and he celebrates it yeah. like a goal. Oh, yeah. I Unbelievable. Um, so, for me, he goes, into, he, he's, he goes into that team or he's an option to go into that team for the Rodgers era because, for me, Boyata was absolutely fucking rank rotten. So bad, I absolutely couldn't stand the guy. I thought you were actually going to say he was good there. I was more than all. No, I thought absolutely rancid. Could not fucking go the guy at all. Svetchenko wasn't there long enough. Eh, hey, no, Svetchenko. Some eh, hey, Benkovic wasn't there long Benkovic, enough. Aye. I was gutted. I was gutted when Benkovic didn't come back. By the way, aye. I thought he I, was I excellent he, when he was there. Aye, 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 he, said it. Aye, he did. He done well. Um, Simunovic was too injury prone. Uh, Kolo Ture was done. <laughs> Kolo, Kolo Ture was done. Aye. Uh, who else have I missed? I think that's about that. So aye. I, I mean, I can't believe Where'd this is with? happening. Um, well, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> but I've, I've got Eric Spiatchenko as well. <laughs> yes! Fucking, I, I absolutely loved the boy. I thought he could defend. I would have took him back. Uh, when we were linked to him the, I think it was the start of last season maybe, before we got Starfelt in or it might have been the Lennon time, I can't remember exactly but we were linked to bringing him back again and I had said on numerous Rostered <laughs> <Nancy Bums. laughs> I, I'd said on numerous occasions uh, that I would like to see him back at the club and I don't think he was given enough of a chance under Rodgers, I know I he wasn't that. that footballer that Rodgers liked but he could I think defend. He was. I think he was. Ah, well, I, 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 I'm not. I, I'm not saying he wasn't. He. I'm saying that's what Rogers thought. But um, <laughs> what is that? Just to you, you said that to him. I don't know. I was just saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, 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 I thought the boy was brilliant. And it, like uh, again, I'll say it, he could defend first and foremost, like like Wistig, uh, but. He was a very good player. He was a, a threat in the opposition box. Everything that Stephen said, basically, I agree with. And I, for me, he has to be an option in there. And he's in there as an option because I thought he was a really good defender, a better defender than Chris Ayer for me. And Ayer's in there because he was a good defender and he was better than the rest of the options. You have a mind too. Yeah, yeah he's I picked the same two. I've got a funny <laughs> feeling he's got to pick the same two for Ange as well. Are you? Well, it's got no. to be CCV. There's absolutely aye. no doubt about it. Uh, and aye, 
I, I was I was on the this way this weather between uh, Starfelt and Jens purely, but I do think that Jens is a better def- a, a better all round defender for how Ange wants to play. But if we're going off their time so far, that you have to go with with Starfelt because he's played more games, he's built up a, a partnership last season and a winning partnership that won us a league title and a league cup along with CCV, who is, for me, our best defender, our best centre-half since Van Dijk. And it's not even close. So uh, it has to be the, the two, CCV and Starfelt. Starfelt in there for his partnership that he's built up with CCV rather than um, being unequivocally a better defender than Jens. I think Frank means I are there because otherwise he's doing a he's doing a <laughs> Steven and putting somebody in the wrong position. But I, aye, aye, and that, I totally agree with him. By the way, that's pretty much what that's I was what saying. Ross is saying aye, aye. So um, Ross, I'll come back to you. Who did you go with then for your your defensive pairing? I went with uh, CCV and Chris Ayer. And the reason See, I went, sorry, I know, and you go, mate. That, I was saying there previous, before that that I think Sweetchenko's a better defender. But the reason I went with Ayer is because I'm putting my team not just to get guys in there, but how they would work with each Aye. other. And I think Aye. CCV, similar to when he plays alongside Jens, I think CCV is the guy who will maybe pass it to Jens and then Jens will be the guy that brings it out. I think in this team, Ayer would be that Aye, guy. But CCV is the guy that would shore it all up, keep everybody in check, as he does the now. It's an interesting point about uh, you both make about Sviatchenko as well, because I think that's a general consensus under uh, around the whole Celtic fan base. Uh, I don't think Rogers did give him a chance. I think he was a top player, and and I I, I do think he had the ability to play the ball. Out yeah. for the back, I, if, if uh-huh. more so than Simonovic, in my opinion, um, I don't know what happened there. I don't know if there was something going on behind the scenes because I thought he was a top player as well myself, and right. he's another one that proper bought into Celtic. If you've got him on social mm-hmm. media and stuff now, he's still still wears the Celtic shirts. His whole family, his wife and kids, still wear Celtic shirts around about the house, and he watches all the big games and a bit like Lustig. He's proper bought into the club, and it's a, a, a bit of a shame the way he left. And I, I think he could have been a top player for us. So uh, it's interesting that we've touched on him, but. Stephen, by the way, so just before Aye. you go in, Cameroon beat Brazil one 0 Did they? Wow! Aye, it was Brazil. <laughs> Scored second, the ninety-second minute. Second string side, to be fair. Ah, uh, I know, but the Cameroon player scored. He was already booked. Then he's top half. Got booked again. Sent off. Worth it though, eh? Aye, totally. Oh, look at this. Oh boy, that was fucking <laughs> rancid, man. <laughs> Absolutely Steven. rancid. <laughs> Stephen, what what t- what two did you go with? Ross, we need to stop agreeing, big man. I That's know, exactly I know. the parent. <laughs> exactly the parent I went for, and literally the same reason because I'm thinking Carter Vickers in this instance will be the the ball winner, be the the <clears throat> the fridge, the strength, the the powerhouse, and then Ayer will be the guy who links the defence to midfield and midfield the attack. So, yeah, right side at centre half for me yeah. would be Carter Vickers. Left side it would be Christopher Ayer. What a what a team we're building here! It's fucking odd. It's the exact yeah, same yeah, players. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I knew it would be. It's, it's... anyway. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think it will. 
That's just no. a question I want to know. I like Boyala. I thought Boyala was good. <laughs> I thought, I he thought was decent. He, oh yeah. my god, man! I can't. I can't believe anybody <laughs> would think he was a good player. What? Just think back to Manny, we, we, Manny was loved it, him it, just like he like he loves uh, fucking Space Invaders or whatever it was he was eating and <laughs> fucking and trifle. Ah, fuck me. <laughs> right, I'll give you a prime example of by that, right? right? Honestly, I, I could not stand the guy. I thought it was so, so bad. We're getting that. Ibrox Stadium. Ibrox Stadium. I can't... Was it the 3-2 game? The, it was that Josh Winda scored anyway. Yeah. Bayata basically played it right to his feet. That was what Bayata done. Like... I used to, when Boyota started, I used to like write to my mates before the before the whistle went to kick off. I'd just write to Franny, "Fuck's sake, Boyata," because <laughs> it was coming anyway. <laughs> you 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 well just like pre-time it because it was happening. He was rank. Thank you, Mark. That's exactly <laughs> who he was like. As bad, maybe not quite as bad, but my God, was he shite. <laughs> There's not a lot of love by that, right? <laughs> oh, you're Spanny coming back with the usual eye. Aye, in a 5 1 game. <laughs> I'd have scored the Ibrox that day. <laughs> <laughs> right, I've got, a, I've got a sneaky, sneaky, sneaky feeling that we're going to we're gonna still be in agreement here, but let's go to the left back. <laughs> uh, Ross, <laughs> uh, no, Stephen, I'll come to you first. Your two left backs, your, your, your favourite left back, Faye, or your, the best left back under Rodgers. Uh, and currently under Ange as well, and just a wee touch on the on both players. Well, I think to be fair, like Rogers can really say more than Kieran Tierney. But what I love about the Kieran Tierney story is obviously you see his dad and then videos him in Nakamura when he was younger, coming up for the ranks as a ball boy, and he lives a dream plan for his boyhood heroes. And <clears throat> obviously, coming into the, t- the team at that time, he made his European debut. I think it was against Fernabatsi under. Ronnie Daly at quite, quite a young age and he was <coughs> a great player and not only could he defend but his attacking instincts were incredible. His engine was next, like literally insane. I know he learned a lot of Izagiri and Izagiri takes a big part in his development as well because you can see obviously traits of what Izagiri used to be able to do in a Celtic shirt, getting to the byline, whipping balls in and obviously towards the end of his Celtic career he was coming in field, he was linking up play, he was scoring wonder goals. I think there was one against Tom Marnock. 40 yards out right. at Celtic Park. I was, I was that game I was in pretty much his own half. Some, one, of them, one of them lesser teams. Uh, it was. It was. But, uh, I was. I was. I was. I was. An absolute thunderbolt. And I disagree. Again, again, <laughs> again, it goes back to this thing. At that time, I mean, when he did that interview with Open Goal and he was saying he was getting threatened and getting called to Judas and it's like, I get the passion. But let's be fair, he left for a club record fee of 25 million quid. He's went down to Arsenal. He's made a name for himself there. All being injuries are probably hampering a bit, but he's still in the boat of squads, start most of their games. And they like, see as well. Like, I don't let, know. Let, let the guy. A, let the guy play. Like, there was really? a recent interview as well. I don't know if you've seen it. And he was pretty much told like, "This is big money. We want. We want you to go." And it was like, yeah. and I, I, at the time, I think it was like it was kind of the rumors came out that he was he was wanting to go because it's Arsenal and it's an opportunity. But after watching that interview, I was a bit like. He was, I wouldn't say he was forced at the door. I don't know if he was trying to come across that way, but um, it certainly did come across that way. Uh, it was interesting to hear. Aye. Well, there was no, there was no England that he was unhappy 
or he wanted to move no, on while no, he was no, playing. No, of course not. Do you know what I mean? So, no. the, the, that interview, <coughs> as you said, it kind of spoke to me a bit because you're looking at it and he's basically saying the clubs came to him and it's been like, look, we've got 25 million spawned legs in the bank, tend to pack your bags and head to London. That's what that sounds like, to be fair. But then when you go to Postacoglu's era, the man who was tasked to come in and replace the whole Kieran Tierney hype was Greg Taylor. And that man has had to go through a lot, go through a lot of criticism, go through a lot of shit, coming from Kilmarnock for nearly three million quid, we're all like, what's going on here? Why was signing this guy? Obviously, Ball and Ball and Goalie didn't work out. And um, What's his name? Burnaby, who's still in about the squad. Will, Will challenge him. Paul, interesting, interesting. He's not the only one, but, by the way. Uh, there's a few, Lanky, I've seen a few comments. I think Lanky, Lanky 67, it, he put his team out, but he, he said the same. It's interesting. Yeah. But it's 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 one of these things. Greg Taylor's turned a lot of people around, but Kieran Tierney for me had everyone supporting him from the get go. Where Greg Taylor had to get people on board, get people like yep. what Posta Cogley did, ban into him. And you yep. see the wee snippets of him being like a captain for the team, doing the team talks, being in and around the, the squad. What's this? Kieran Tierney was just a seasonal player. If we had the level player for your session, we make it out of the group stage regularly. He's class. Yeah. Hundred percent more, hundred percent agree. But yeah, Greg Taylor and Kieran Tierney as my choices. Ross? Aye. <laughs> this, is, this is why I love the Celtic support, right? Here's a, here's a comment. Here's a comment there. There's another one. <laughs> Kenny. I Same. mean, there's no end in the middle. <laughs> I know. Aye, it's man, mate, isn't he? Craig Taylor. Aye, that's aye. Pretty much aye. Probably, like... probably me in the podcast either. Love me or hate me. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we love you. <laughs> I take it you're obviously obviously you're going with the same too. But is there anything you want to say on either player that you know? I mean, we've, we we you, you could do a full podcasts on Greg Taylor. We know that, but uh, I mean, Greg. Well, Tierney first. I think. So I can't. I think it was maybe Egyptian King said that he mentioned Izagiri and how that was a good guy to study under for for Tierney to study under. I, I fully agree with that. I don't know how long he studied under him for, but uh, when he did come into the first team, he took his position fairly quickly. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, he, he just thrived from there on in. Uh, and he was destined to go to, I know Arsenal isn't at the very top, but it's the top of the Premier League right now. Um, but he was destined to go there. It was only um, I don't think Kieran Tierney ever wanted to leave the club. I, I, I don't think that for a minute. He, he never went into the board and went, I want to go. I think that the board have had an offer and they've said, this is a massive offer. You've given us like an amazing few years at the start of your career, but we want to take this offer because the club could be doing with the money. We, we, I know you don't want to leave, but... I mean, it's a great opportunity. It's not like we're telling you to leave and you're going to a shiter. Do you know what I mean? It's a great opportunity for him to play against the best players. Aye, <laughs> 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 Danny man. Uh, but aye, it was a great opportunity for Greg, uh, for Kieran Tierney. And it was a, an opportunity for Celtic to make some money off of somebody who, as much as Celtic is every bit as big a club, probably bigger than Arsenal. Kieran Tierney's a, a player that should be playing in the Premier League, in La Liga, wherever. He could play in any of the leagues, wherever he wants. He's that good. 
Uh, so, aye, there's not enough superlatives to, to say about Kieran Tierney. Uh, even when he's doing it at the national team, he plays in a as a centre half in a back three. He plays as a right a left winger. He plays a left a left back. He is absolutely world class. He has and injuries have hindered him a wee bit. But I don't care what anybody says. Kieran Tierney is a world class left back, and a, for me that's not for discussion. People maybe disagree, and that's fine. Uh, Greg Taylor when uh, we lost Tierney for the word for the get go I wanted Greg Taylor to be our new left back I knew he wasn't going to be Kieran Tierney he wasn't going to replace him and be like for light how could you ask him to do that Kieran Tierney's just left Celtic to go to Arsenal for £25 million and he's coming for Kilmarnock for two you can't expect that but he, I was delighted we got him he came in and he was he was the player for me at Celtic that he was at Kilmarnock, but that was a, a very good Premier League player. That's Kilmarnock had finished third in the league, I think. He he was he was going well. And then he comes in at Celtic and he's he's a good defender first and foremost. His game has evolved so much in what is it, three years he's been there now. His game's right. evolved in that time. And you have to you have to credit Ange. He's brought his game on to another level again. Even maybe I didn't think he could get there, but I think you have to credit Greg Taylor as well because okay, Ange can like coach him and all the rest of it, but you have to want to do it. You have to be committed to it. And Greg Taylor has got that in abundance. He's a consummate professional, and he's been one of our top performers this season. I mean, in a very good Celtic team, that's 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 the biggest compliment you could pay him. And I just absolutely love the guy. As much as I hate Bayata, I love Greg <laughs> Taylor the same. <laughs> and he's properly, properly, properly bought into what Ange, yep. Ange has done. I think it shows the difference. I, I'm a massive Neil Lennon fan. Um, what he's done for this club is unbelievable. But to the difference in coaching, I think, oh. speaks volumes. And I mean... We had a Jeremy player on the right called Jeremy Fringpong, and I think if he was still at the oh, club, yeah. imagine what he'd be doing under, under Postacoglu. Oh, uh, when you hear the stories that Lennon was just pinging him balls at the right wing and just getting him to cross, like four on a cross, he's in training a day, and I'm like, oh my God. Uh, but that's for another day and another time. And I swear <coughs> on my wife, my daughter, my dog's lives, I was going to ask this question, and I was going to ask it specifically to Egyptian King. Because this gets brought up all the time about the Scotland national squad. And I want to hear for you to Robertson or KT, who's the best left back? Kieran Tierney. Kieran Tierney. 100%. 100%. Aye. Yeah. I, I, well, put it this way. If you're, if you're comparing them as Scotland players, Robertson has been a brilliant captain for me. But in terms of performances, I don't think he's performed as well for Scotland as Kieran Tierney has. And I think that when Robertson gets played, for me, he gets played further up the park for Scotland and Kearney gets put into yep. left back or a back three. And I don't understand it. I really yep. don't. Because for me, Robertson, play him further back because Tierney is better going forward than Robertson. I think he's 
got every bit as good a delivery as him, but he's more dynamic, he's more direct, he can beat a man. Robertson can he? He doesn't Robertson loves off bending the ball round a defender yeah. or getting yeah. like playing on the, the the shoulder if you like and getting that ball through to run onto and then whip it in. He's amazing at that. But Kim Tierney is he's more tenacious, he's more dynamic, he's more direct, he's a better footballer. I think he's just he's he's a better player than Robertson for me. And Robertson has as as he's a very, very good player, as good a player as he is, he's landed I don't want to say lucky because that's no fair, but he's landed in a really, really good Liverpool team. If Kieran Tierney was in that team, he'd be doing everything that Robertson has done. Right. Maybe more. Easy. Easy. And but again, the injuries have hindered him a wee bit. I think as well, I think maybe the reason he does get played a bit further back for Scotland is because he's so much better defending. Aye. Because well, he he, he's superb attacking, but for me when he first came through, that was the first thing I noticed at Celtic. He was like old school, Aye. crunching tackles, uh, new, new prisoners. And um, there's very, very few players that have left Celtic and I've been gutted about because I'm always I'm like, the club's far bigger. If you go, then fuck <coughs> it, you go, that's it. Um, obviously, the the king was difficult, but you like you were you were able to prepare for it because you knew it was coming. Um, Katie absolutely devastated me when I when I found that he was leaving. <laughs> I was absolutely heartbroken. So much so, my sister's my sister's wedding was the next day personally, and I was doing a speech. And in the speech, I was like, I don't know how I'll get through this because Katie's just left us yesterday, and I'm absolutely <laughs> devastated about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely devastated, especially when it's a player that comes through the ranks. You know, we've got, mm-hmm. we've obviously got an affinity with, with, with guys that come through, like the Calmax and and KT was no different. I thought he was going to be at this club a bit like KT, yeah, a bit like Calmac at the club for start to finish. I thought he was going to be captain for fifteen years and 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 do all the rest of it. But um, aye, it's a bit sad that he's went on, but he's he, he definitely deserves it because he's he's absolutely. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. There we go. So let's see a few of the comments here. I don't agree with that. See, I think what Ross says bang on. Robertson for me, probably technically better than Tierney in terms of ball to feet, whipping the ball out, or using the outside of his foot to get across into like Salah, um, Firmino, Jada, whoever it may be. But all round for me, KT is a fantastic player. I think. Defensively, he's great, which is probably why he plays in the back three for Scotland. But even when he's playing on the wing back position for Arsenal, he links up well with the forward players. He can get beyond the man at left, at the right back, take them on. He does what he does, what he used to do for us, where he kind of stops, takes him in the sprint, whips the ball in, and then Martin Martin uh, Alley or whoever's playing up front for Arsenal. So good over that. See over the first five yards, the acceleration is so good, Stephen. Eh? Yeah, hundred percent. That's what. That's why he wins it for me. Easy. Aye, so aye, there's two no bad left backs, and I could talk about Taylor all, all night as well. But um, I'll come to I think this is pretty much nailed on as well, even though we've got love for uh, GT. But uh, Stephen, who did you go with? KT, Kieran Tierney. Ross. Aye, Kieran Tierney. KT, is it makings of a decent team, by the way? Makings of a different, uh, a decent team. Different team. Right, I think. <laughs> We've been in agreement so far. Not good. <laughs> I was hoping that you were actually going to start square going and, 
when we get a ferry over. And Would it be a squirrel? You're joking. You're joking. <laughs> uh, so let's move on into the midfield. So, we, we, like, we, I felt like both teams played a 4 3 3 or a 4 2 3 1. So we kind of went with a 4 2 3 1 stroke 4 3 3. So uh, we'll go with it. With, with, I've used kind of went with like a number six, a number eight, and then a number ten in midfield. Or I've oh, well, went two, with literally two, and then the three, and then the one. So I've got two in the midfield. Ah, that's uh, well. Aye, aye. essentially well, that's what I've got today. Okay. Like two okay. sitters, kind of thing. Aye. Well, let's go, well, Stephen. We'll come to you first. We'll, we'll do the same as what we did with the centre halves. Then we'll come to these two centre midfielders, and we'll pick. We'll pick the four. So two for each team in centre mid these kind of two a number six and a number eight if you like or, or whatever it is you've done to sitting or whatever right so we will start with the Brendan Rodgers era and I don't think you can say anything unless you mention Scott Brown I think Rodgers saved his sadly career from going down to Swanee he came in took his game to a different level took his even his captainship to a different level in terms of what he provided us as a captain the way he changed it from like a all round the midfielder, do everything, pass the ball, win the ball, pressing was fantastic. Captain of the quadruple treble, you know, incredible feat, numerous trophies. Captain fantastic, and what baffles me now, Fleetwood, he has a full head of her, so he just chose to be bald all that time. <laughs> and then you, you go into another guy. I loved, I really loved Stuart Armstrong. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I, I thought Armstrong was just everything. In a midfield player, I thought that he could score a goal. He could link the play. He could break the lines. He was pacey. He was athletic, and he'd done the dirty work as well. He covered. Remember Scott Brown saying, "If he didn't have uh, Armstrong and McGregor beside him, he'd be kind of out of his depth because they'd right. done all his running." So yeah, Stuart Armstrong for me is in there from from that era, from the post the era. I've went with Captain Cal, Cal McGregor. Just taking over from Scott Brown. We all can we all let's be honest, kinda of went, can he be captain? Can he do it? But he's he's honestly took his game and that to a whole different level. And what he provides the team in terms of driving us forward. You, you do miss him. I know O'Reilly's doing a great job in the six, but for quickness of mind, <laughs> for quickness of play, taking that ball in the turn, which already doesn't do enough for me. Looking forward all the time, looking for that forward pass, he's he's incredible. And he he's took his game from a, a ten to an eight to a six. What else can you ask for the man? And then the other player I've went for is Rio Hatate. Rio Hatate, the Japanese Pirlo. What an absolute baller that guy is. And again, a bit like Armstrong for me, he could do everything in the game. He could score a goal. And I, but his control of the ball is effortless. His control, the way he can read the game, he can ping diagonals left and right, both feet, score wonderful goals. Again, break the lines, like the, like the forwards with the midfield and Absolutely fantastic. So the two from Rogers is Armstrong and Scott Brown, and the two from Postacoglu is McGregor and Hatate. Very, very interesting. It's interesting this as well because there's certain players that have obviously crossed between the two. So you've kind of got the Cal Mack of old and um, Rogers team, and he was a bit more of a free role. I wouldn't say so much the number ten, but somewhere in between, and he was getting forward and scoring goals. And you've got kind of the Cal Mack now, who's a more experienced leader and, and, and kind of... You also have to remember as well, Willie, like, seeing the important games on the Rodgers, Kalmak played the left. Aye, I know, I know. So I know, he was on the left line as well. Because I've, I've kind of drawn up a wee short list of each position and Kalmak's yeah. in about four of them. 
Calmax <laughs> <laughs> in like the number six under Ange, number eight under both, kind of number ten under Rogers and on the left under Rogers. Boy, oh, in fact, you could have played him left back under Rogers as well, but we won't talk mm. about that. Um, so it's interesting. So if there is if there is anybody like that in there, it will have to be. We need to choose which which one it is. But Ross, who's your four? Um. Right, well, first of all, I have to own up. I didn't know we were picking two for each, right? I just picked <laughs> a team. Right. So yeah, I'm just sort of <laughs> scribbling it down dead quick. Uh, so in terms of the Rogers one and my, my two, I mean, Scott Brown has to be in there. Uh, again, coming towards the end of Dyla's sort of tenure, People were thinking Scott Brown was maybe finished. Maybe wasn't he quite the same player. Then Rogers comes in, gets a hold of him, has that meeting with him, and he just takes his game on to a whole new level and is, plays his best football in a Celtic jersey under Rogers. I think that's, again, not up for discussion. I think as a captain, absolutely phenomenal. The, the period of time, what was it, 14 years he gave us, Sad that he didn't get his proper send-off that he fully deserved. There's no many players deserve it more than Scott Brown did. Uh, but I, I think it's an absolute no-brainer that he has to go in there. Um, the other one, I mean, you could, you could probably say McGregor, but he didn't. I don't think he. He probably played a bit further. Well, no, probably he did play a bit further forward under Rogers. Rogers, yeah. Which is why he probably doesn't make the Rogers shortlist yep. for this position. Yep. Stephen said Armstrong again. Absolutely loved Armstrong. Thought he was brilliant. But again, for that position, don't think he's quite making it. Making it. And this is going to be controversial, but. For this position, I think, for me, in his early days, I think he was very, very good at doing that, like, like sitting there, maybe no breaking up attacks, but starting attacks, he was a very good player. When he was on it and at it, he was top quality. And for me, I think you have to put Olivier and Cham in that. <laughs> and, and by the way, I know towards the end, his head wasn't in it, he didn't want to be there, but I'm not saying you've got Edward in your team, but Edward could quite easily be in the team, but his head wasn't in it towards the end either. For me and Cham, he got you goals, big goals, he scored against Rangers at Parkhead, he scored over in Italy eh, against Lazio, he scored in a cup final against Motherwell. He was, he was a great player and a really good footballer. And I think just purely, again, like what I said, bringing Ayer into that centre-half position because he would complement... Uh, excuse me. He would complement CCV better. I think that Incham has to be like in that short list of the... Am I yeah, getting this right? It's two, two for Rogers and two for... Yep. Yeah. Aye. Right. Aye. Um, so aye. And then... On the Ange side, I think, alongside Browner and Cham, whichever one we choose, 
then McGregor has to has to go in there. I mean, he's played that sort of number six role under Ange deeper than what he was playing, like I've alluded to, deeper than what he was playing under Rodgers. Uh, I think that he plays that role really well. And he, what is he, but 27, McGregor? And he's, mm-hmm. he's dropped back, which for me, 27 is the prime of your career. You think he would stick? By the way, he still could do that role further forwards for Celtic. There's absolutely no doubt about it in my mind. But with the players that we've got further up, and the players that we've got as options in the position that McGregor plays, I think McGregor is the best option. Obviously, O'Reilly's come in and done that role, and he's done it really well. But I think McGregor is the man for that position. Uh, and Again, just because I scribbled it down quick because I didn't know we're doing two for each team. <laughs> I've I've slung the Hatati in there. Uh, I don't know what I was listening to when you sent that voice note, Wally, but I was no well and I've obviously no ten in, right? No, I don't think <laughs> so, I did say I don't think I, I think I said two for each position, but I didn't kinda of, I kinda of ended up going saying like let's like the centre half, so let's do four and then the two centre mids, let's do four, so you're all right. It doesn't all matter, right. but it doesn't matter. But um aye, I've went I've just I've slung Hattati in there because I couldn't know if, if you're doing a shortlist of the Celtic team and you've got two for that position then Hattati has to be one of them and I know I've alluded to there that O'Reilly's played further back but for me I, I still think O'Reilly's better as good as he's been for us in that period when McGregor's been out I think he still offers more for Celtic further up the park uh, so I Hatati, I mean, what can you say about the guy? He's dynamic. He, he's box to box. I'm not saying he's as good as Petrov by any stretch, but he's got shades of Petrov at times in terms of his like his energy. Mm-hmm. He's he, he can get you a goal. He's end to end. He's good at the in the defensive area. He's good in. The forward areas, I think he's he's an all round top quality midfielder, and the world's his oyster. He's got the world at his feet. If he keeps going the way he's going, before long he'll be in that Japan squad, which, by the way, when, looks to me what I've seen so far. Aye, but I mean they've just qualified for the round of sixteen, so I mean they've got quality players in there. But I mean if it is like a guy that's on the fringes of that. For me, that tells you how good the players are in front of him because you have to be a very, very good player if you're keeping Hattati out of the team. And I, so for me, he's on that short list because he's come in, new culture, totally alien to him, and just hit the ground running and been outstanding. Yep, couldn't agree more. I think it's, I've watched all of Japan's game, I think it's Sakuraji, he's no in there. There's nobody in God's green earth that can mm. tell me he wouldn't improve that midfield. But mm. who am I to say? I'm just a silly little podcaster. Um, no, interesting. So, um, aye. Right, okay. I have a wee bit of disagreement here. So, Stephen, what two did you go with in the midfield then? I take it if we do have different players, for example, for the positions, we compromise like we did before and we picked them. I can't. I oh, no, I don't, I don't compromise. It's, I, think it's probably, fucking... I think I'll probably either fire it in the chat. Well, I'll blab on Come and on just me. get them to kind of just say who's the best of the two or I'll just decide. But yeah, or you can compromise. Well, my, my midfield two is our captain, Cal 
Colin McGregor, who stays as team captain for me. And beside him, Rio Atate. What? What? Yep. Okay, okay. That's my midfield too. Ross? Oh, my two deep line midfielders are Cal McGregor for Postacoglu and Scott Brown for Brendan Rogers. So we've got Cal Mac in there, definitely. Yeah, Cal Mac's in, definitely, yeah. Right, guys. I've seen Atate. I've seen Atate mentioned a few times. I think I'm all a winner here. I'm going 100%. to just say, because I'm going to talk about, cause we're going to talk about some of the players, but in the chat, go on, just just put in the chat, Hatate or Brown, and we'll see what we can get on with. But Brown, I mean, what he's done for this club, for me, there should be a statue or a, stand, a stand named after him or something. There's how, how successful he's been at this club. Uh, nine league titles in a row. It should have been the 10. Um, however, however many trebles it was he won and you're right it's a shame that he, he, he didn't have the, the send off that he got that he didn't get so, should I say um, what a player absolute warrior it's interesting because when Rodgers came in because he kind of did see at, um, at Liverpool with Gerrard he kind of turned him into that kind of sitting midfielder who would then uh going to the back three and I thought he would maybe do something similar with Brown but he didn't I thought Brown was just like he, he knew Lisa life he kind of he was just as dynamic as he was in his youth Um, I don't know what he did to invigorate him but he was just absolutely immense Um, <coughs> Armstrong he had Armstong in there uh, I, I'm, I'm the same with Ross Armstrong for me he's kind of more a number 10 or maybe getting forward he was a fabulous player so. I, was, I was I was devastated when we lost him I agree with that uh, I think he's more he, he, like, a bit like uh, Tom Rogic where he's he gets the ball and he, he can carry the ball for 20, 30, 40, yeah. 50 yards and just keep and just brilliant for Champions oh, League when you're playing against um, better opposition you're trying to keep hold of the ball um, just get it to somebody like him and just let him carry it for 20, 30 yards and let everybody get a breath or get a bit of space back fantastic player Hitati I think this boy is something special. Um, this is why he's in my team. Yes, and I think this could be a totally different team. See if we did this in two years' time. Um, I think I would I would probably agree with you, but right now, personally, I'm not so sure he would be getting in the team just because of that. I think in two years' time, he's, like Ross said, he said he's got shades of Petrov about him, but we've only seen, I, we've not even seen a year of that yet. Uh, I think in two or three years' time we're going to be like, wow, what a player we've got. Um, so yeah, unless he, so, unless he uh, tries to nego- renegotiate his five-year contract. To be fair, like what? To be fair, when I'm looking at the comments, I mean, Gary Melrose is <coughs> with me and Atate, but <coughs> Paul and Stubbsy and Franny are saying Brown, so I'll compromise. Yeah, it looks like I'll throw Brown him. But Calmack, Brown him beside McGregor. What more can you say about Calmack? He could have played. Most positions in the park, to be fair. Anywhere yeah. in the midfield. Yeah. Scott yeah. Brown and well, Cal well, Mack well, in the midfield. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Aye. So let's move on to. <coughs> let's go. In fact, let's just let's go right wing. Right yeah. wing next. Ross, come to you first. One for Rogers era. One for Ange. And give me a wee bit of a spiel about both players. Um. 
right wing, right two settings. I need to fucking scribble something here. Uh, I'll go to Stephen first. <laughs> no, no, you're all right. So right wing. Uh, I go to Stephen first. I. Stephen. Well, right wing under Rogers has to be James Forrest. I mean, I don't think there has to. There, there's a question that he came in. He had his best goal scoring goal scoring seasons under him. Again, another player who looked down and out looked like he was going to probably leave in the free transfer at one point. To be, to be honest, and he came in. He kind of brought <coughs> brought his career on a different level, scoring goals in European football, scoring for fun in the SPL. Back to his pace himself, taking players on, getting into the box, and what I loved was his back post runs under Rogers. A bit like what Sinclair did, the kind of that run. In between the, the, the full back and the centre half uh, for us, sort of take on all this game. Yep. Longevity at the club, absolute club legends, over 100 goals, incredible. 99 assists, unbelievable. So, yeah, he has to be in the conversation from the Rod, the Postacoglu team. Slight position change, but only because of my left side is uh, Felipe Ayala to be talked about in the right side. I think, again, like Atate, like he, he's on the cusp of. Literally being a superstar, like yep. he, he's an incredible player. The free kick at the Bernabeu was sensational, absolutely sensational. The way he can control the ball, the way he can take a player on, he could do it two or three times in the SPL. Let's be honest and get past him. He's, he's the goal against um, Aberdeen was a Petodre as well. He scored, yep. scored some final goals, smashers, and again, another player who's bought into Celtic coming from a, a foreign team like Benfica. You'd yep. expect him to be looking already for a move away, but he, he settled. He loves the club. He's wearing Celtic tops. He's playing five sides with with normal human beings like ourselves in New York before he signed and all. So yeah, for me, it's Jada. It's, it's between Jada <laughs> and Forrest. Was there anybody else from either era that pushed for that right wing, Stephen? Just before I move on to no, no, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually fucking hilarious, man. <laughs> <laughs> Rogers era, it's James Forrest all day long. For the reasons Stephen said, and for the reasons I've alluded to on numerous podcasts, James yep. Forrest is an absolute Celtic legend. Uh, he's hit the 100 goal mark. I think he's, I don't know if he's hit the 100 assists, but if not, he's very close. Uh, again, Longevity, trophy hall, Celtic through and through, and he can play. And he's his early days. I understand people slated him. They said they had in the big games and stuff like that. But he was young. Excuse me. But he's again similar to Brown. I think he played his best football for Celtic under Brendan Rodgers, and he yeah. took his game on to a new level. Yeah. It's no. No coincidence that teams like Tottenham and that were looking at him, in, looking at him at that, at that time. Uh, I'm sure it was at that time. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but I, an absolutely phenomenal player for Celtic. And when I say he took his game on to a new level with Rodgers, he could he done with Rodgers. He was doing before what he done with Rodgers in terms of taking taking men on and stuff like that and like setting up goals but he added goals to his game under Rogers and he no. got his sell into by the way that's why I asked you that's why I asked you if there was aye. anybody challenging any of them he did, cross, he did cross my mind Roberts but 
I think, yeah, for everything I've said about Forrest, Roberts was a lone E, and he, as much as he brought to the team, first class player, scored some brilliant goals, and he got you off your seat. But he, he can't, he can't go into that short list before a, a club legend in James Forrest. He just can't. Uh, and then moving on to the Ange one, again, similar to Stephen. I've put him on the right just purely for my team and how my, my final team would look. And I've went with Jota on the right because there's there's a guy on the left that needs to be on the left-hand side. It's, it's, <laughs> I think he's on who I'm talking about. But yep. hey, aye, Jota is phenomenal. Again, like Katati, he's got the world at his feet. If he keeps going the way he's going and develops the trajectory he is, he could go anywhere he wants as well. Yeah. I think he's our best footballer, probably, that we have right now. And I think that was proven when he scored that free kick in the Bernabeu. Because I think for a long while now, under Ange, we've said that we've not got a dead ball specialist. And we haven't. But Jota has tried on numerous occasions to score free kicks. He scored shots very outside the box and that, but I wouldn't say he's a dead ball specialist by any stretch. But in the big stage, in the Bernabeu, he came up trumps, and that just is what that guy is all about. He's, he is made for the big stage. Yeah. And he's first class. 100% and agree. Everybody will say he's better on the left than he is on the right. For me, and it's it's totally against the, I would say 90, 99% of people will say he's better on the left. I think he's as good on the right as he is on the left, in my yeah, opinion. Totally agree. I think totally he, agree. He's, he's, he's such a good footballer that he, that's why him and Maeda and him and uh, Forrest or whoever, they, they swap over during the game because they can all play across that front three. And for me, Jota plays every bit as good on the, the right as he does on the left. I totally agree with that. I think that... Um... The way, especially with the style that we play now, it doesn't really matter where he's starting because every one of them is switching on the pitch. But I mean, I, last season he was murdered for cutting in for the left and putting the ball on Rose Ed. Uh-huh. So some yeah. sometimes I think he might actually I prefer him on the right because his delivery is so good. He he brings the flair. He plays the Glasgow Celtic way. We always talk about the wingers flair pace. He's got a lot. Totally agree and. Um, Forrest, I mean, transformation under Rodgers, because before him, he was the whipping boy. He was the one getting slated before and after every match. But the transformation <coughs> under uh, Brendan Rodgers, and at that time, I thought he was, there was times he was, in, in the league especially, he was unplayable. Uh, had everything. So, aye. Two very, very good choices. But, Stephen, who did you go with in the end? <sighs> to be fair, like, it did pain me, but this is one of the problems I had because <coughs> I love Forrest. And I know in this podcast, I've said recently, he's probably passed his best. And I still stand by that, but you can't argue with his record and what he's done for the club. But just for what he can do and what he could be and what he could do for us, it has to be Felipe Yada on the right. I just think this this guy got considered to be in the Portuguese national team for the World Cup and he was injured for, for basically half of our season so far. And I think that speaks... 
speaks um, volumes in terms. That's a great, a great point there by Gary. And you made that point, Willie, about the right hand side. He seems to be more efficient. He definitely does. I just think for this pure skill, just pure pace, frightening left backs and right backs, making them look like kids. He has to be in there. And I respect Forrest and I love Forrest. And he's been an incredible servant for Celtic. But for what Philippe Ayala could be, that's why I chose him on the right hand side. Fair enough. Ross? Um, well, I've made a case for Lustig being on the team, uh, Brown, for longevity. And I could make that case for James Forrest as well. And I've made the case for him getting in there before Patrick Roberts. But I can't make the case of longevity for him getting in there before Jota. Jota is too good. He's, he's, he, he's absolutely a phenomenal football player. He's got, he's, got, he's got the lot. James Forrest has done it and he's proved that he's been a brilliant player for Celtic. But James Forrest is never as good as Felipe Jota is at 23-year-old. That's why well, he gets in the team. Yeah. He can he, well, he, he can score goals. James Forrest doesn't score goals like the one that Jota scored against Aberdeen for outside the box. He doesn't score mm-hmm. goals like the Bernabeu free kick, uh, amongst others. Jota, Jota is, he has to get in that team. Wow, and I squeeze the man in the, the right over Forrest because he just needs to get in the team. Well, yep. he's played he's played there mainly this year. I'm very very surprised at that. I thought you'd have went Forrest Ross. I thought uh, we were going to have common sense, Willie. Yeah. Yeah. Common <laughs> sense. Right, let's switch over to another flank, uh, Ross. I'll come back to you first, unless you want me to go to Stephen first because mm-hmm. you've not got a second mm-hmm. left winger. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have no. Let's go left wing. So, um, aye, give us your Rogers left winger and your Ange left winger. Well, my Rogers left winger is it's a no brainer. He's the reason that I've got Jota on the right because, well, Jota can play on the right as I've said, but you could put Jota on the left if this guy didn't exist in the Rogers team. He came in. We all know who I'm talking about. Scott Sinclair. Absolute fucking tremendous player for Celtic. He comes in, he hits the ground running immediately, comes on and scores at Tynecastle, the winner, in the last minute. And he just goes like that for there. His career was going like that for a long while. He got back under Rodgers. He went to a big club where, like Rodgers, he was trying to rebuild his reputation. And my God, did he do it. He was... Absolutely phenomenal, especially that first season. I know he, he sort of died off a wee bit towards the end. But that first season, he was unplayable. Yeah, Goals, goals, goals. He scored. He was playing off the front and he scored. God, I don't know, but he scored. He, he got <laughs> numbers of a striker. I remember one goal. I'm sure it was up at Inverness. And he, he's bent it, he's used the defender and he's bent it round the defender into the far corner. I was like, oh, what a player we've got. I knew he was a good player before he came to Celtic. I watched him playing with Swansea and Swansea obviously got promoted and I thought, oh, he's, a, he's a quality player. He went to Man City. You don't go to Man City if you're garbage. Didn't they work out for the guy? 
maybe was just a wee bit too big a club for him. But or no big no too big a club. But in terms of where Man City were with the quality they had in their squad. But he goes to Celtic, he hits the ground running and he just he just done it. He scored the Ibrox, he scored and a other Glasgow derbies he scored in the five 0 game uh, when the Bailey got the hat trick. He was an absolute tremendous player for Celtic and there's absolutely no way that he can be in the short list for the left hand side. <laughs> I thought you were going to say in the team there. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Let's get the pointless exercise of your left winger for Ange out the way then. <laughs> um, well, this guy, I, I've made a case for him for so long. People have thought he's he's no got enough quality. He's he's a bit of a headless chicken and things like that. His work rate is unbelievable, and I have to be fair and say he is only in the short list on that side of the pitch because Jot has been moved over to the right. But he's the next in line, and it's Maeda. I don't know if Franny's laughing at there, <laughs> but uh, maybe it's something in the comments. But um, I didn't mean to cut that. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's Maeda. Um, he's in the the. Last 16 of the World Cup, we a really good Japan team that Hatate can't get into. And I know that's a stupid thing to say, actually, because they're different players in different positions. But, um, aye, his engine, his energy, I've never seen a guy work as hard as Maeda. Certainly not for Celtic, anyway. <laughs> I think that he doesn't get picked for his qualities at the top end of the park. But he does have qualities at the top end of the park. But he gets picked, especially in like games in Europe and that, he gets picked because he's going to help. The, the biggest example was the, the home tie. I'm sure it was the home tie. It might have been the away, I can't mind. Against Leipzig. And we'd have took more of a batter off of them that night if it wasn't for Maeda because he helped Greg Taylor out so much. And Greg Taylor wasn't yep. rubbish that night. But he would have been so exposed and tainted the cleaners at times if it hadn't been for Maeda. And that's what he brings to... Oh, Stephen's away for a pee. That's what he brings to the team. Uh, and I'm, you're the same as me, Wally. You, you know what Maeda brings to the Celtic team. Yeah. And, I mean, that goal at uh, Fair Park the other week, he doesn't do it enough, you would maybe have to say. But he's got it in his locker. But it's no what he it's no why just why he's in the team to be a Jota, to be a, a James no. Forrest, to be an Abada. We've got players like that, we've got enough players yep. like that. He's in the team for the other way. For the, he's a team player rather than and the other guys are team players too, but they've got individual qualities as yep. well that maybe he doesn't possess, Aye. but he still is a very good player. Especially see that like the way Ange wants to play, and it's like everything's everything's all on. When we've not got the ball, this just high intensity, this high high press, and uh, <coughs> he's just started all that. He's everything that, that is in, in between. Uh, on the left wing, I love him. I love him in there in that position, especially because well, I don't know if you've seen watched Japan in the World Cup this year, but for, I, I was quite uh, thinking about it on Twitter that. Uh, He's never a centre forward for me. There's a goal he, goal he oh, scored no. in that first game against Germany, and he was with three yards offside. And there's 
he's looking along the line. He should never be offside in a million years. But yep, what like what you said, that that's not that's not so much the qualities that you're looking for in him. Uh, and it's no he's that's not his best attributes. It's it's the high press and and the getting in the face and the constant energy. And I mean, the guy's just a fucking Duracell bunny. He just does not stop. There's a good point there. He stubs his horse. And you touched on Scott, Scotty Sinclair. What a player. The goals, the, the stats speak for themselves. I, I don't know. I've no idea what happened after that first season. I can't understand it. I don't know if it was something going on behind the scenes, a mental thing. I, I, like, I don't know how he's not getting that team. At that point, <clears throat> under Rodgers, we had him and he was kind of like an inside forward and it's like mm. he was he was just so good in that position, especially when you've got the likes of Dembele who can play with his back to goal and he's he's coming in for the inside uh, for the outside and playing the one twos where Dembele's got his back to goal holding it up and getting him in there again. Not only that, you've got KT overlapping. That whole left side was just a fucking scary, scary, scary thought. That's why we were so successful and, and, and went invincible and all the rest of it. Uh, what a player I but Stephen, who did you go with for your two? You mean Ross? Have you been in my mind, Ross? It feels like <laughs> during the this whole process, you've been in my mind. Uh, it's back to worse <laughs> to hear for debate. It's usually means Stephen are quite good at debate. <laughs> <laughs> for me, like the the Brendan Rogers era has to be Scott Sinclair. And I like the way he actually alluded to the fact that he dropped off the second and third season he was there. I think that's a lot to do with confidence. He's a confidence player. And I think when he has one or two bad games in a row, then he starts to doubt himself, and then injuries might creep in, and his form drops. And that, that That's normal until he obviously finds it again. But his first season, over 25 goals, I mean, that speaks for itself. Numerous assists, and that's a great point there, Meda, just pressing and pressing Tavernier at him. But um, his assist levels were great. His contribution to the team was great. He, he didn't... What I loved about Sinclair was... <laughs> what I loved about Sinclair... He tracked back as well. It wasn't necessarily where if you if you lost him at the top end of the pits, he wouldn't be nowhere to see to help KT. He'd be back helping KT. No issues. It was a team effort with them too. And as you said, having imagine like being like a St. Mern or even Rangers at the time and KT and Sinclair on the left. You'd be like, yeah, well, yeah. what's going on here? There's there's right. no point turning up. And uh, see as well, like Rogers knew how to get the best out of him. Like Swansea, he scored over twenty right. goals in that promotion season. City took him. I think to be fair, Ross, I know you said that City won't sign players who are garbage, but they signed uh, Roberts and Sinclair for £10 million each just to make the quota for British players. So I think that aye, was necessary. Roberts wasn't garbage. Aye, no, no. But what I'm saying is they're not going to get into the City's team. So like, they're just there aye. to make up numbers. So to speak. But aye, Sinclair has to be in in terms of the discussion. He was just all-round athlete. The goals he scored in Europe, by the way, he got a couple in Europe that were absolutely fantastic and he ragged all defences when he was on his game and it's like much like Jana, by the way. His skills were really good. Mm-hmm. The way he could chop back, he could go inside, he could go outside and I loved that run from deep, just bang, clean through the, the left back in the centre half and it was in our we hang over the top by McGregor. He was tossing it down and putting it in the back of the net and I mean McGrand used to have a joke. He used to miss a lot of one on ones. I think he did towards the end. He used to miss a, a bag load of one-on-ones, and every time now a player goes through for Celtic, we're like, they're going to do a Scott Sinclair, aren't they? It was, it's just a wee laugh. Like, it's just a wee laugh, but we, we appreciate how good Scott Sinclair was, obviously, especially in the invisible season. 
But when you're going to the Posse Caldera, <clears throat> it has to be made on the left, doesn't it? It has to be. And I, I love the way, if, if, if you look at it as well, the two games Japan won, Mina started in. Yeah. Mina makes a big difference in terms of press and in terms of getting into people's faces. And he pressed Corta. Corta, isn't it? Who, who was Gautois. it they were playing last game? Gautois. Aye. Fucking, game fucking raw about Michael. Dude. No, Spain. Was it Spain? <laughs> they were playing Spain, weren't it? Uh, aye. Aye. It was so he Simon. Pressed, he, he pressed Simon. Yeah. He pressed our goalkeeper. <laughs> Simon. Made a mistake. And then it led, it led to the first goal. So you have to look at it at that point. The, the two games that he started in, they got their victories and they're, they're subsequently through to the last 16. But Mead is a pressing machine. And I, I know he's not gifted in terms of quality and technical ability. But what he gives you in terms of effort and enthusiasm and <clears throat> defensive side of things as well is incredible. Totally, totally agree. Who did you go away in the end of the two? I think I'm going to write it down already before you say it. Stephen Scott Sinclair. Scott Sinclair. Roscoe. Aye. <laughs> Sinclair. What's up, right? Can you imagine what he'd be doing in this team now? Oh, my God. Unspeakable things. <laughs> right. Aye, that, that's team would win the European Cup. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Right, let's get on to another midfielder, our number 10, if you like, or our more, most attacking centre midfielder. Um, <clears throat> Stephen, I'll come to you first. Who have you got in here? This will be interesting, by the way, because, well, I'll tell you afterwards, but who have you got in here? Well, to be fair, I mean, as you said, different players like McGregor played <coughs> played there before, Armstrong played there before, but I've named them already in my... Um, uh, centered well, deep land playmakers, as Ross said. But for me, from the post, from the Rogers era, it has to be Tom Rosick. I don't think you can look past him. And in that invisible season, the, the cup final against Aberdeen, just unbelievable player. And it just pains me to see that he, he's left and he's in a yeah, hundred percent guy. It, it just pains me to see that he's left and he's went to a mediocre West Brom side and he can't even get into it. And I've seen their manager criticise him. You're criticising the guy who can win you a game like that. No problem. See, the technique, the skills. The, remember the goal we watched at the pub? He scored a paradise. Oh, yeah. And we were all like kind of half cut. It was incredible. That's the way he done it. Oh, fuck. I fucking love slush. He used to torture Rangers all the time. He had a phenomenal record against them. I thought as well in European games, especially the Man City game, I thought he was decent. I thought he played really well against like, the likes of Gundogan and he really held, held his own. Who? Gundogan. Who? Oh, come on. You Gundogan. fucked me up for Michael. Gundogan. 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 You're fucking gone, you fucking You're fucking Gundogan. But I, Tom Rosie, the, the, the Australian magician, <coughs> I just thought... <coughs> he was fantastic for us. <coughs> Sorry. Right. And then and you look at the, the, the post Cogdu era. I mean, it's a bit sporadic with the tens, like really, isn't it? O'Reilly, Haxabanovich. I mean, who if Cal McGregor you could put in there as well, but I'll just throw in I throw in Hacksaw. <laughs> I wonder just, who we, I wonder who he's went for went for. <laughs> and he's actually no, no, uh, because, no, because I think it's a bit. I think, I think it's a bit. I mean, we're we're all not mind you fair. We, we know how good Rosic was, and we, we we don't have a number ten like him at the minute. We really don't. 
So I'll, I'll throw in Haxabanovich because we've spoken about him before in terms of his European flair. He, he looks like he's came like a European ready-made player. He can take the ball both feet. Like Chris Commons, I've said that numerous times in this podcast. That's what he reminds me of. He, he could be a fantastic player. Scored, scored three goals now in two games, I believe. So he's starting to find form. So I'll throw him in the, in the argument, but I think it's pretty obvious here, lads. <laughs> Roscoe, who are you um, in terms of the Rodgers era, uh, this is where I thought about Armstrong. I think he was a very good number 10, I think. Yeah. He was he, never he, a number he, 10. Aye, he was all day. Aye, he was. He was an 8, mate. He he was was an number, eight. When did he ever play number 10? number 10. He never played number 10. Various times he did. But he anyway, for me and, and this team, we've not really... <laughs> He's not got to get in there afford Rogic anyway in the short list, right? But I was just giving him a mention because he was yeah. a very good player. He had goals did. in him and beautiful hair. But the I mean the goal in the <laughs> the first cup final twenty sixteen oh, when yeah. he got his back oh, in the game. That that just epitomised him. He remember the one. remember the Inverness free kick as well where Rogers was like Oh yeah. Oh hi, hi. Yeah, that's right, aye. Right. He scored one a at Fir Park as well, uh, we beat them four three. At Fir Park, it was a total ding dong game. I can't even mind what the goal was like. To be honest with you, I can just mind watching it and being like, "Fucking yes, that's what he's all about." But uh, for me, it has to be Rogic again. I go back to it, longevity, but that guy, technically, I mean, other than. Other than Jota, I don't think there's no many guys more technically gifted than Rogic. And I would even go as far to say, running with the ball, Rogic is better than Jota. Jota can beat a man, absolutely no doubt about it. But I don't see Jota scoring that goal that Rogic scored at Tannadice, beating three or four, five, three or four, five men, and curling it in. I don't, I don't think that's. Yeah, I it's no, it's no in his locker for Jota, but they're different types of player. There's nobody probably can do that in a Celtic team. Uh, the last one, boys, I'm going to hit was probably P as well. By the way, Give me two seconds. Right? The keep, last keep one, I can, the last one that I, I can remember probably being able to beat that many men and stick it away is Paddy McCourt, Stephen. Hmm. But uh, aye, technically. I'm getting a echo. I don't know if it's Willie's. Sorry, go for it. It's Willie's yeah. headset. I think so. Eh? Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't. Th- Rogic. We can talk about O'Reilly being his replacement, and O'Reilly's first class. But mm. there's nobody runs with a ball like Rogic, beats men like Rogic. You can't shake him off the ball. It was it was and, his, it was his legs. He used to get his legs aye, around you, and you were never aye, getting that ball. Like. He, he he got his body in between the man and the ball so well, and like shielded the ball even when running, yeah. which is difficult today. But he still done it, and they couldn't get near him, and he was able to shrug them off because they couldn't get a foot on the ball. So he was in total control of the ball all the time, able to yeah. shrug the defender off, and he had <coughs> he could score for inside the box, but God, he could score for outside the box as well. I mean, Aww. we're talking about that Dundee United goal. What about the goal 
in the cup final 2016 as well. We've just alluded to the, the Armstrong one. There's nobody in that team could have scored that goal, no. except for Rogic that day. And we had quality all over the pitch. I think we had Sinclair, we had Dembele, yep. Armstrong. Not one of them could have picked that ball up, ran the way they did and put the ball into the far corner. None of them. Rogic is technically the best I've seen at Celtic in a long, long time. First class. But but why do you think he's starting to struggle at West Brom? Because we we were it's told weird. it was to do with it was to do with personal issues that he left, but he went to West Brom. Like it's not as if he went back to Sydney or went back to Melbourne or anything. I think I, I personally think that he's he said I don't know. I, I don't know if he said he's maybe wanted away thinking that he was going to get a club because he was playing mm. so well and it's just not worked out and when he said to Ange like I want away he was t- what 29 mm. it's weird man I, yeah, I don't know like he had one of his best seasons at Parkhead last season Yeah. then he leaves and he can't get a club and he goes to West Brom it's oh, it's baffling it's mind boggling I thought the whole reason he was leaving, I thought I, I don't know, I don't know if I read this wrong or what. I thought the whole was because he was homesick and he wanted to go back. So did that. That's obviously not the case. Um, it's mad because I'm. I totally agree with you. I think his last season was one of his one of his best. The only other thing I can think of is I just said to him, "Look, I'm I'm not going to keep you on. Yeah, you are like he's a luxury player. He's first class, but the mm. way." And, and it's difficult to make this argument because of how well he played in an Ange team last year. But going into Europe, the Champions League, yeah. has he got the engine for the way Ange yeah. wants to play? I think I maybe think Ange played... has said to him, look, I, I love you, you're a luxury player, but the way I want to play, yeah. you're knowing my, my plans. As weird yeah. as it sounds. I, I know, I But we'll, but we'll I, tell I, everybody that you're homesick and you want right. to go. I just totally understand respect. what you're saying and I totally agree with that. But in the same token, he, he played more football last season under Ange than he ever did. Like Rodgers, he was always Aye. it was always our mark. He was getting hooked off because he Aye. never had it. He played more football than he ever did under uh, Ange last year. So it's, it's, it's just such a strange, strange situation. I held like a little child, by the way, his last game when he came off crying. Oh, so did that. Like uh-huh. yeah. But see, see you so, make that but, point. He played uh, like a lot more football under Ange. I get that, what you're saying, but at the same time, the the players that we had at Angie's disposal at the time, it was like Turnbull played a lot more football under Ange last season than he has That's, That's the point. And I know yeah. he was injured, but he was he's no he's not gonna be an Ange first choice player. We can all tell that. And yeah. I think maybe maybe that's maybe that's what's happened to Rogic. He's played Rogic I think out of necessity is a bit harsh because of how good Rogic is. But he's played them because he's no had many other options. But then O'Reilly came in. Exactly. O'Reilly, so. he, he, he didn't probably play as many minutes in the second half of the season as he did in the first half of the season. But he was still probably the first choice over O'Reilly. Is that yeah. fair to say? But then I think he's maybe told him, look, you're 29. You haven't got the engine that I want you to have. But we'll Off tell people, we'll, we'll, we'll tell everybody you know, that you, you were homesick, out of respect for what he's done 
at Celtic over nine years. Do you know, I think that's a mistake now because now no. what we've done is what we've done at this moment, we've only got Cal, Cal Max went, went out injured, right? There's one player. We're not talking like five or six injuries. One player's injured in the midfield. And Aurelio's been back in number six. You cannot tell me that you're not playing Rogic ahead of Moy in number 10 or... Uh, you're right. Guys. You're right. But what I will say is, and I'm, I'm, I'm bigging up Rogic here, like, but at the same time, I, I look at it and I, I think Rogic has had nine years at Celtic, right? And he's had Champions League campaigns. He's had European campaigns. And he's not done it in the campaigns. However, he wants to dress it up. He hasn't done it at that level. And Ange wants to go to that next level. Yeah. And he's wanting to get younger guys in on long-term deals. He's, I think, probably, Beton was ready to go anyway. But he's, like, similar age to Rogic. And he's been sent out the door. And I'm not, it's really weird because you're putting guys like Rogic and uh, you're making the case possibly that they're getting put out the door because of their age and how long they've been there but then there's guys like McCarthy coming in the door so it's it's difficult and you're getting them what is it three year contracts so I could be talking absolute shite but I'm just trying to think what's actually happened there I don't know what's happened but for me I totally understand the whole Ange wants to play a certain way and Rogic isn't going to play that high press. He's not got the he's not got the engine for it. Excuse me. But like I talked about earlier, the same similar to Armstrong. And these big games in Champions League, like you're you're us us going against Real Madrid, we're not going to have as much of the ball as we do domestically. Rogic is such a good outlet for just to give the ball and just take it and just carry it for twenty, thirty yards for for five, six seconds to let to let guys get forward or get in the game and create a bit of space I just think he's no I wouldn't say the indispensable is the right word but I think he's brilliant for these sort of games even if it is the last half an hour of a game where we are starting because we've seen it the Champions League last year I thought we'd been excellent but you can tell the last half hour where everybody's absolutely dead in their feet to have a player like that think... come on and keep the ball and be able to carry it I think it's it's just like it's, it's obviously there's well, something going aye 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 but I think as well, like it's a bit of a sentiment, a sentimentality thing, isn't it? Like you, you love the idea of Roddy staying on and, and <clears throat> seeing out his career with Celtic in his best years, and I think that's a good point by Gary in terms of World Cup. Is he didn't even get involved in that? Was it, it's quite sad for him. But you look at it. I mean, if Postecoglou didn't want him anymore, then there's no issue with me. And I, I agree. Like Roddy is unbelievable. He, he's the wizard, the wizard of Oz. We all call him. He, he does things with a ball. And you're like, wow. Postler Caldy wants that team to press, wants that team to move as a unit, wants that team to defend from the front foot. Postler Caldy, and, and Rosie for me, like Ross said, I think he just played a lot last season out of necessity rather than Merton a starting uh, lineup up because, point, because, because of the personnel available. And then you fast forward to this season, you've, you've got Haxa Banovic that can fill in there, you've got Kyogo who's dropped deep into the 10. So there's plenty of flex- flexibility and these guys for me, can cover the ground better than Rosie, can get in people's faces oh, quicker, try, try and win the ball higher up the pitch, which goes with his style. Rosie is great as a luxury player, and don't get me wrong, and, and he's in my team, 100%, but <laughs> just may as well say it now. But yeah. the way you have, have to look at it, like Postacol would give him a cracking year for his, his last season at Celtic, 
he, he played loads of games. He contributed in games and he, he, he went out a champion. And that's all you can ask. Him and Beaton left as champions again. And, that's fair enough, and I know, but... and I, I know what you're saying, like bring them off the bench and that, but I mean, if it's going to stifle a, a transfer happening or it's going to stifle no, a young player getting I'm through, I'd rather, I'd rather him go. Rather I'm just bring him off the bench. Kamak's been injured, and see, since Kamak's been injured, I would have O'Reilly in number six, and I'd have Rogic number ten all day, and he'd been, he'd been playing the last two and a half months every game for me. I would have that's had to in the number you. six. What the fuck? The and obviously, Postacoglu knows that these scenarios may happen. What does he, he spot, what does he know? I don't need. <laughs> 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 Postacoglu, do you think he's one of these scenarios? If he needed Rosic, he would have been staying. I know, it's just right. my opinion, mate. I, I totally hear what you're saying. 100%, though. I, I hear what babies are saying. Because I've got my headphones on. Like... <laughs> <laughs> right, who did you go with? Rogic, number 10? Well, I'm not even telling you. Aye, there's no point in me telling you, mother one. It's just Rogic. <laughs> Aye, so who, who was you going to be? My Ange one was O'Reilly. Right, well, in, in that right. Role. well, here, this is a question that I was wanting to ask, right? This is why I said before we went into this, this is going to be. <laughs> Because when I was looking at both teams, Rogic was in for both in <laughs> number 10 Aye. for me. So what Rogic is that you're taking, Ross? Is it the Rogic that could only play an hour under Rodgers but won us that, that first Scottish Cup winning goal and was magic? It's not. Or, it's the Rogic last season. Rogic at Ange, the one that could last Aye. 90 minutes and was just unplayable at times. That first half against Hibs, he was just fucking unbelievable. Uh, right. So, I, so it's answered you, Stephen. What have we? Oh, is uh, Ross is thinking. Um, well, I, I, no, I don't. I don't know because he played for sixty minutes. But he, I, I just think it's the Rogic overall. The Rogic that spans over the two periods because mm. he scored so nah. many big goals and oh, big I can't games. Hear that. You need to pick one. Ah, well, I'm <laughs> fucking doing that. That's what's happening. Right? <laughs> right, Stephen, I'll pick one. Stephen. <laughs> I'll go Rogic. for the the Ro, the under Brendan uh, Rogers. Ah, I need because to well, thank you, thank you. see, he scored goals against Rangers at Ibrox under Brendan Rogers, the curler yeah. to get us back in the game. Right. Yeah. And you put Andy, that up against. he injured that centre half at the same time, didn't he? Aye, yeah. aye. But then you put that up against. He scored that goal to make it one-one, and we went on and won the game. He scored the goal at Ibrox last season to make it one-one when. We were really up against it. And I know McGregor was the one that pulled us, but he was the guy who put the ball in the back of the net. He was composed in that moment last season. And we went on and won the game. He, he scored at Hamden against Rangers. That Scottish Cup against Aberdeen was one of my greatest moments as a fan. Like, I've never had elation like that in my life. Aye. I'll tell you one of the biggest goals that Rogic scored for Celtic. And in terms of getting the trophy there and then, right? It isn't as big as the 2016 Cup final to get the treble and all that. He scored a goal at Kilmarnock eh, under Dyla. That's right. Yes. And we were really, really struggling. And we probably would have went on and won the league anyway, right? But the media were getting on as it was a title race and all the rest of it. Mm. We drew 0-0 that day. I, I might be wrong, but I think <coughs> Aberdeen had an opportunity to go top of the league. Like later on, I might be wrong. But Rogic came up with that goal, did and it was an unbelievable. I did say Kelly. I thought that. Aye. 
Uh, <laughs> unbelievable goal. Came up with that goal, a massive moment, and we never looked back for there. And we won the league. We would have won the league anyway. But it took away that like title race or that shite for the media who were desperate for it and desperate for Celtic as yep. pair to fall short. That's That goal was what Rogic is all about. He can score. Fuck it. Taking, I'll take the Rosic from Delhi. <laughs> 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 that's, that's what I'm saying. Just the Rogic for the full span. Yeah, I can't Rosic. decide. Aye. This is why I don't understand. I mean, like, Stephen, you kind of, you, like, I, I kind of made a comment about I'm coming on for the last half hour of games. And this, we're kind of going off tangent here and we've been on for about three days, but it, ah, it doesn't matter. matter. Um, I'm fucking loving it. I've only got one beer left, though. So better hurry up. <laughs> um, we, I've got work in half an hour. About the whole, the whole last, the whole half an hour last. So, what's the difference between that and what what we did with Forrest then? Because Forrest is never a first eleven starter. What He's do you mean? Never ever. So, so like Stephen was saying about Rogic or the last half hour. That's not the way Ange wants to play. All the rest of it. So, how how would be offering? Just hypothetically, because I know that we don't Aren't know the ins and outs, and we know that he, he maybe left because of other reasons. But if it is because Ange didn't want him anymore, hypothetically, why? How is how is that any different to the James Forrest deal? Well, I mean, two reasons, right? I mean, it's a, every sub is coming on in the last half of the game, regardless, right? But it's what the subs offer you. Forrest can come on and continue the press, continue getting in the people's faces, no problem. That on that right hand side with the pace and it's kind of explosive nature and stuff. Rosic for me, doesn't have that. And he's never had that. That's, let's be honest. He's a luxury type player. And if you're playing against the team, <clears throat> for example, who's attacking us and for 90 minutes, they're going to tire. Rosic is perfect. Right? I, I understand the argument, but I'm coming across with, with, with what Pasta Colty wants. He wants to make subs on the 60th minute when you're bringing in a batter, Mieda, fuck it, Moy. That makes me sick, but you know what I mean. People who can, people who can effectively continue that type of play that he wants to do, right? Whether it's 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 pressing or Moy sitting, that type of stuff. Rossi, I said it before. It's sentimentality with this, right? And it annoys me sometimes because we look back on it. We made mistakes holding on the iron, made mistakes holding on the Edward, made mistakes holding on the Christie, and it backfired. If Rosic was happy to leave and Postacoglu was happy to come to that conclusion, that's fair enough. And that's another great point. He's a homegrown player and meets Dakota. Football manager type shit, but you know what I mean. Well, can I sort of push back on that? And I, understand, I totally take on what you've just said there, Stephen. <laughs> Good points. But at the same time, if the game's... If Celtic's having an off day and it's nil-nil, right? You're, you're needing... Well, aye, but I mean... There's other players, like he's maybe starting. You're looking for somebody to unlock a defence. Like a two banks of four, it's no working. We've put crosses in, that's no working. We're trying to play through them, that's no working. I mean, Tom Rogic to come off the bench and unlock a defence is an amazing option for me. And oh, of course, could, of course it is. So there is that, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just sort of... Aye, I totally agree. I'm not saying and you're wrong either. Aye. But have you ever watched Argentina? And I'm not saying, right? <laughs> like, I am no oh, way, no way saying that Rogic is anywhere near Lionel Messi. <clears throat> Lionel Messi is throwing about the pitch. He's not doing a thing. He's not going anywhere near anybody. He's no pressing until we win the ball 
and it's what? we're counting them, and then boff, he's into action. You talk about luxury player. Yes, that's what I want. I don't want him to do all that work. There's plenty of players in the park like Maeda and that that do that work. Uh, a bit like Ronaldo. Does that work? We had Ronaldo. We need a front. team. We cannot afford to carry players. We're not. We don't have a Ronaldo or a Messi. We don't have a Dybala or a Higuain or anyone like that. We have a team who needs to work for each other. We can't be going into European football and be like, oh, it doesn't matter if he doesn't press because he's luxury, he can score a goal. If we're losing 4 1, it doesn't fucking uh, matter. You know, if I agree with that. Anyway. I agree so with we, that. we need a team. We need a team that it, it plays the way Posta Cody wants. And until we get uh, to that position where we can afford to sign a player like, a, not a Messi, but like a player who can be a playmaker and 10 okay. million, 15 million pounds. Okay, and, so, and that doesn't, right, okay, doesn't add up right, for me. Right. That's so just me. We're 2-1 down against Real Madrid. There's half an hour to go in the game. Are you want to bring on Aaron Moy? Or do you want to bring on Tom Rogic? That's... Oh my God. I'm a seeing Tom Rogic every day of the week. That's 110 million percent. I want, <laughs> to, I want to know how this team's only 2-1 down to Real Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> we should have been 2 up at half time. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, But what I'm saying is, you made a you made a great point, Willie. Let's let's be honest, right? So if you look at Argentina, you look at Portugal, and I know what you're saying. Messi, you go to like Dybala and you go to Ronaldo and, and Felix. They don't press, right? They they don't do nothing, right? But they've got quality players. Dybala's Argentinian, so he's not pressing for Portugal anyway. No, that's what I'm saying. I said Messi, Dybala, <laughs> Messi, Dybala, for example, and uh, Yao Felix and Cristiano Ronaldo, right? Oh, okay they don't that. they don't press, right? That's fair enough. But they've got abundance of talent around that pitch to win that ball back we can't afford to be a team who carries passengers at the moment when we get there that's great but Posta Cody wants the team to press from the front be aggressive be mobile be outside be athletic and f- unfortunately whether well, I reckon or not for me doesn't fit into that that's fair that's fair we but went off on a see, massive tangent here I know we have picked Rogic for the team but yeah, like, a lot of people when O'Reilly came in last season were like we've got a ready made replacement for Tom Rogic I was I was on board with that at the time, but now a bit further down the line, he's not a he's not a ready made replacement for Tom Rogic. He's he's a guy that's going to play that position, and he'll play the position with some similarities, but he can't he can't do things that Tom Rogic does like yeah, score for distance, beat men three or four men. He doesn't have that in his locker for me really. He he won't <laughs> score for outside the box. But he'll not score rakers like Rogic. He's no he's no got as good a strike. Aye. A lot of Riley's goals that he scored with hasn't been a great connection. But and then the other sense, he does like have similar qualities where he, he picks the ball up in the half turn, he can shield the ball, he brings players into play. He's just a really good footballer. But he's got a long way to go before he becomes Tom yeah. Rogic. My point is right, without the ball, there's m- lots of people far better in Angie's style than Tom Rogic. He mm-hmm. can't press as well. He's not got the energy. That's fine. I totally agree with that. One million percent. But in in the Champions League, which we were talking about and about how um we need to we can't carry any passengers and all the rest of it. And and we're not gonna have as much of the ball. It's important that when we do have the ball we we keep hold of it. There's nobody better in the last ten years that I've been a Celtic fan than Tom Rogic and holding on to the ball and carrying it. And that's my point. Out out of possession, I totally agree, hundred percent. Maeda's uh, Hatati's all the rest of it. But with the ball, uh, 
there's no debate on Nuggets. Um, I'm yeah, sure he agrees with me. <laughs> I thought I've, I've not seen a comment coming up for ages. I thought every cunt had fucking bolted. I pretty much everybody <laughs> has, but I've got to hear a big shout out for Gary Melrose. I love it, mate. I appreciate it because he's been in and he's been he's been the one commenting all night. But we went off on a fucking tangent. I'm enjoying actually, it, right? We've actually ended up going on a bit of rant about Tom Rogic leaving I know. for the last half hour. The Rogic pod. Let's get on to our striker. Rogic is in there, and we've went for the Brendan Rodgers one apparently. So strikers, Stephen. Was this difficult for you? There's been a lot of strikers no. and under Rogers. Oh well, okay. <laughs> so who was your striker <laughs> under Rogers and who was your striker under Ange then? Striker under Rogers has to be Musa Dembele. But a lot, of, a lot of people have a misconception about this, right? A lot of people have a misconception about this. Musa Dembele was not a Rogers signing. It was a Ronnie Dembele signing in the January on a pre-contract, but he didn't see him obviously join the club. I want to get that clear. He was not a Rogers signing. But Rogers took him on to a different level. I mean, <coughs> I think he scored in his first uh, Glasgow Derby game. He remembers Philip Sanderos and uh, Clint Hill and all trying to defend again. It was comic. Uh, oh, yeah. Not there, yeah. Demolition. He was... Sanderos to the shop. Oh, he did. He sent him for his tea. Like, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he's a fantastic player. Yeah. And, like, what a, what a career, by the way, he's had. So, I mean... Maybe it didn't work out as much as he thought it would have done a flat ago, but he's been the top goals. Oh. Oh. He's in the right. Steven he's Ross in the right. Got me? You were already right. Really, right. You're back now, but you fucked off for like three seconds here. Thank I'm God, sure he's a happy end. <laughs> but yeah, Moose in the belly for me. For... What, because you're on that shit, I'm a fucking prick. <laughs> no, let's talk to him. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> me? You're only one inch past the Conclue photo if you've been on the street. <laughs> <laughs> and the post the Conclue era has to be hey. Kylo. Okay. Ross? <laughs> he's, I he, he, See, <laughs> <laughs> touching on this as well, right? Big Musa. Aye, there's no point now. We're just going to talk about Big Musa, right? Aye. He's, uh, he's obviously went away thinking that he's going to go on to much bigger and better things. Another one that's bought into the bought into Celtic and absolutely right. loves everything ever since he came because he's still doing it and he's still over social media now. We thought, everybody thought he was going to go on. There was rumours that he was going to eventually end up Man United and all the rest of it, that people, all these teams were sniffing at him. He's now he's still at Leon. I know he did it, he did a year's loan at Atletico. I think that was an option to buy and they didn't take it up. What? Why? So, so why is he still at Leon? Why could we not have him back? Do you, think, do you think there's a possibility we could hear him back, Ross? What, um, the French League can he be? What's what's the French League offering that we're no? He's not going to win. <coughs> he's, gonna win. <coughs> he's never Listen. ever going to win a league title at Lyon because PSG are going to just put strap-ons on and just rump that league every every year. Aye. He's never going to do anything. He's not going to do much in Europe with him. Why not? Why 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 would he not come back here? Well, as he 
Is his contract up at the end of the season? This might be a shout by why he might have come back. Well, I. That's that. I it will be that. If 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 Celtic had got him on loan for a season, I would. I, I think that'd be great. But I don't think Postecoglou would go for that. It would have to be a permanent he thing. He wouldn't. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. Listen, I would love to see Mr. Dembele back at Celtic. I I said that. I've said it before that if Celtic had Mr. Dembele playing up top for them in that Champions League campaign, yeah. we would have we wouldn't have finished fourth. It might well have been third in Europa League, but we wouldn't have finished fourth in that group because he would have took most of the chances. Most of the chances. And by the way, we've made the case Giacomacus is an out-and-out finisher. The chance he had over in Shakhtar, they barely rips the net apart with that. What's that? Sure, what did they say? Like He's talking pace. You Get can that. search it up. It's real. Because right <laughs> <laughs> that's what his contract ended up being. Rob, Roscoe, do you agree with Franny here? Right, well, it's it's weird, right? It's weird because I've got them belly for the Rogers error, error. I said that again, error. I mean, what the fuck is that? Error. It's really <laughs> ironic that right. you're saying error, and it's an it's an error, and, on and your it's part. actual error. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's weird because I've got them belly in there, right? What's he fucking saying there? I mean, do Baldy. Right, I've got Dembele in there, and I know what Franny's saying, and I, I, I can't even, I don't even how, to, don't even know how to back it up, right? I think Dembele was a better number nine than Odson Edward, but I think Odson Edwards the best we've had since the King. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. It's really weird to say that, but I, I think because he, Edwards' all-round qualities and what Larson's all-round qualities were. I think over as an all round as an all rounder, I think he probably just trumps them belly, but I would still have them belly in my team before him. I, I know it's weird to say that. <laughs> but I, I think the, the the team that I'm playing is like I've got the three and what about, Dembele. He, so he's what the focal this? point. So what about if um if Dembele was at Palace, then who? Do you think he would be having more of an impact there than Edward is? Aye, aye. <laughs> okay. So I take, <laughs> I take it with an agreement that Dembele's... Dembele's That's the weirdest been... argument ever, but yeah, I, I, I know what I'm trying to say. I know yeah. what I'm, I, I know why I'm saying it, but nobody else will. Got that he mentions for Edward, obviously. Um, Griffiths as well. I know he didn't do his best stuff under Rodgers, but he still... Obviously, Dyler was his best time, but he was still... I, I, I'm pretty sure if he, he gets fit, he could do a 40-goal season with that. Who could? Griff? For who? <laughs> I'm just a joke, because that's what everyone wants to say. <laughs> if he gets fit, or gets There's a run of games... There's a point. Mm. Aye? Aye, that, that's what I was saying. In this team, he's my focal point. That's why he's in the team. But I would say, as an all-round player, the uh, 
Edward is he's got he's a better footballer than Dembele, but Dembele's a better number nine. Yeah, I agree. That's my point. What do you so do you would you think Dembele's better than a two? No. No, I like I like I like him as that focal point in front of the three. I think it's it's sexual. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. So we have our team. I'm going to read it out here. This is. Me and Stephen have picked the exact team same team, bar. bar you know, midfield. One midfielder. Masterminds. I like but, it, what, but see, saying that though, Stephen, see you in your team. Did you know have Callum McGregor in it then? I did. I did. They didn't have brown in it. Oh, it was brown. Which is fucking wow. Aye, it was fucking wow. <laughs> so, Ephraim, I'm going to read the teams, right? So, we've got Craig Gordon in goals. Mikael Lustig at right back. Kieran Tierney at left back. With a defensive pairing of CCV and Aya. Um, two midfielders sitting uh, Scott Brown and Calmack. Right wing Jota, left wing Sinclair, Tom Rogic in the 10, and Moussa Dembele up front. Now, wow, that that is a team. So, now... Look, we, have, we haven't came to the, the thing. And, all right, I'll let, I'll let, let's go ahead. Oh, you're not. You're the host with the most. You, what you <laughs> we haven't, like... Oh, sorry. <laughs> Tell you what, these super box are fucking lethal, aren't they? Go for it. <laughs> so, we've got the team. Pardon me. What's, who, what sort of style and which manager do you think would suit that team more, Ross? I would read out the team again, but you've, it's pretty much your team. Uh, I've got it in front of me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say... I would go with the Ange style. And what's the and what what's the differences in style between Rogers and Ange? Would you would you say? Uh, without stating the obvious, the the inverted fullbacks quite clearly, but um, I think that I mean Rogers. Stephen had said that night. I agreed, but Rogers played a possession based style of football but it was a lot there was a lot more passing involved and just more direct in the sense they do pass the ball across the back a lot but it it looks pointless but it's no because it, it sort of draws teams out a wee bit and then they, they get it wide fairly quick for the centre, the centre, the centre half will, will push out, eh, no push out, come out with the ball, and then they'll find that pass wide, and they'll get it wide, fairly quick, and most of the time it'll get put into the box. But then they, they I don't know, it's difficult to say. But Rogers will try and play through teams more, and I think Ange goes down the sides more. Eh, but there is similarities as well. I don't know, it's, it's, it's a hard... It, 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 I'd need to really watch the two teams again <laughs> properly to see. really pick up the proper differences. I don't know if you can pick up more, Stephen, because I know you've made more notes than me. What about you, Stephen? 
What's your difference between the two managers and who would you fucking select to pick these? Aye, these super box are lethal, man. Fucking melted. Go on, Stephen. This is longer right. than any of fucking quiz nights. For me, the manager has to be Foster Colby, right? The asked the main difference in style with Brendan Rodgers, right? How do you know I do this? We'll start with Brendan Rodgers. He was very methodical, possession-based football. He mm-hmm. he would rather rest on the ball than go chasing it. He also did like a mid-type press. So, like for for example, it would skip the forward line, and then the midfield would press in order to try, try and win the ball back. I also think as well, Posta Coglu has a main difference in terms of the intensity, yeah, the speed of play, the speed of thought, the inverted fullback system to crowd the midfield and kind of win the ball back in them areas and then press high up the pitch. So that's why, for me, I would go with Posta Coglu. I think if you're looking at Lustig and Tierney, they could both come into that midfield, no problem. And then you look Aye. at Jada and Sinclair, <coughs> Sinclair on the, <coughs> the right and left. Absolutely, absolutely incredible. And then Dembele really made up top. for that. Uh... Oh, it is. It's really made for that system. And it, regardless, I mean, we, we settled on Brown, but even if Brown wasn't that team, we put a Tate in, it's still, it's still as lethal. It's, it's, really? it's, but, I mean, you, pl- can, you can still play that. that it's sort of like the, the, the way we play the now, you've obviously got McGregor, Hatate. And then O'Reilly, most of the time, yeah. if they're off that, you could still play that, like in, that that sort of three as a midfield, yeah. and still have the Jota and Sinclair pushing on. When you've got the ball, that's what it's going to be yeah. for me. I think I agree. Everybody in the chats as, as well. Uh, Paul's saying the tensor is far yeah. higher. Uh, Gary's saying that uh, I. And it's pretty much the same. That I think, and this is my opinion as well. In possession, like I think both are similar out of possession, but it's just try and win the ball back as quick as you can. Although I think that Angie's styles are much more aggressive. But when we've got the ball, I think um, Rogers was more of a let's just keep possession, whereas yeah. Angie's more quicker let's get it quick let's get it as forward as quick as possible Aye, um, more direct aye. Nico says it's the the, the teeth in the tan uh, <laughs> and Paul's, right. Paul's the same I totally agree with you Paul mate uh, speed of the ball <laughs> our search party's gone out I listen I appreciate you guys staying on <laughs> I know it's been long winded um, as usual we have a few drinks we get into a bit of debate we went off on a few tangents there but hopefully, I think we'll we'll post this on the team on social media again. Hopefully, it causes way, plenty of debate. Sorry, well, can I just okay. say on Angie? Uh, I was going to say on Angie Postecoglou, on Angie Rogers. I think that the difference in their tenures, when well, obviously Rogers is left, and when Ange leaves, I think that Ange might not win as many trebles as Rogers did. I think Rogers leaves with a lot of history behind him. I think Postacoglu will leave a legacy. And yeah. what I mean by that is I think they'll they'll take this this style on and keep it going hopefully and try and get another manager in that plays the same way, has got the same thought process. But not only that, I think already one of his sayings are up in the wall in Parkhead. I said it about a year and a half ago that some of the stuff that he's said, quotes, will be on the walls, as is Jockstein's. He will leave a legacy. Rogers leaves a history. What about this? I 100% agree, mate. What about this for a, um, a point, Stephen? Right? 
So, yes, well, it's all about the trophies and all the rest of it, right? And I think we all agree Ange probably probably should have got the treble in his first season anyway. Um, barring that one, that one game, it was a bit of a disaster. Um, but when Rodgers was in charge, the, I mean, the team we were playing, you mentioned it yourself, Clint Hills at the back and... Um, like the, the team's nowhere near the team that it's nowhere near the team that beat us in that uh, Scottish Cup semi-final uh, last year so do you think we're going to be having a totally different conversation if we sit down and do this in two years time 100 million percent if Boston Condon uh, continues the trend he's doing now Rogers will be sniffing his shoe Rogers uh, Boston Condon for me is it's Ross, right? I mean, it's I've Ross. never heard that that state that saying before, but I like it. It's, it's as Ross rightly said, Postacolu's leaving a legacy to be followed. Rogers left the history for his ego to look back on. That's the main difference. Yeah, ego thoughts on that. I, I think, I think that um, in a couple of years' time, if we go, it might be interesting to go back and do it again. Um, I think that team might look a bit different. But and, yep. and we might have a different concept of what's going on. But I think it's interesting because I know myself when I was going through this team, a lot of the decisions I made, you just made the decision on right wing about Jota, for example. For me, I was like Forrest, but because, probably more because of the success we had at the time and the team he was playing in, um, not not the actual player-by-player player attributes. Uh-huh. Um, and... It is interesting because in the era, as as much as like it's unprecedented, right? These trebles are like it's like it doesn't matter who's in front of you. You need to you need to beat them, and it's not happened before. Dahlia uh, and and Co and Lennon didn't even hear the team across the city in the league at the time, and couldn't do that. Yeah. And we've done it, so it's, it's it's an unbelievable, outstanding achievement. But uh, the difference between that team then and now um, is night and day, and. I personally, I think Postecoglou still should have had the treble last last season. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I think that right. speaks volumes. So, um, Charles's fault. <laughs> <laughs> um, I fucking I've I've had a blast tonight. By the way, boys, I really really enjoyed it. I could probably go in for another two hours, but Stephen, you enjoy let's it? go. Yeah, that's oh, been brilliant. Cool. Stubby's been awesome fantastic. On here, by the way. Yeah, 100%. I mean, to be fair, see these I've only had beers. four beers. <laughs> super, super bop. Uh, they're fucking lethal because Stephen's out his tits. <laughs> I'm, oh, not I'm not. I'm saying. It's been a great show. Man. He's going to tell me he loves me shortly. <laughs> Gary. I always tell you that. Always really tell you that. It, buddy. You've, been, you've been absolutely brilliant in the comments tonight. Really, fair, really appreciate it, mate. Ross, enjoy that. Thoroughly enjoyed it, Wally. I was buzzing. To have a, I'll be honest. I was buzzing to have a wee bit more debate with Stephen on who we should get in. I'm absolutely flabbergasted that uh, we've picked pretty much the same team. But I also said at the start uh, that I would be like, I, I don't know how you could pick any other team for the team that I've picked. And Stephen has basically proved that right. Paul, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul, I want to. Say a big thanks to you as well, mate, because you've been as much just like Gary. You've been absolutely brilliant in the comments tonight and stuck with us. I know it's a fucking look, it's a long haul, long, long haul. Um, it's the but enjoyed that. I'm just going to go on the team again. So we've got Gordon and goals, Lustig at right back, Katie at left back, CCV and I are at centre half. 
Brown, Kalmak in the midfield with Jota on the right, Sinclair on the left, Rogic uh, in the number 10 and Moussa Dembele up front with Mr Ange Postacoglu um, being the gaffer. Uh, let's go through a few of the comments. All the drinking wheels they can. There's a question there. There's a question there. But um, aye, all the usual stuff. Beer 52, get on Super 6 because Fanny's fucking miles ahead. I'm hoping that he could just take a couple of weeks out so that uh, some of the boys can catch up because honestly, any, anybody in the podcast other than Fanny winning, I'd have been quite happy with but it's unfortunate that he's there. Uh, loads of good stuff coming up Monday night. Get on Monday night. Loads of talking points. I know you were on the chat early doors uh, talking about uh, Lowell and Gigi and JJ and all the contract non-signings and new signings. J-Lo. Lots and lots of IJLO for the block. There's lots and lots of, uh, lots and lots of talking points. So get on Monday. Uh, I think there might be a special guest jumping on as well. Lots of debate. Enjoy, uh, jump on, and enjoy that. And then I think next Friday, Stephen is your World Cup quiz. Is it? The eighth, aye, ninth, tenth. ninth, ninth. <laughs> it's the ninth. Right, okay. World tenth Cup quiz. You thought the night tours and however long we're going on. You think the night was bad? Wait till next week in the World <laughs> Cup quiz because the whole squad's on. Uh, and we're probably going to be far more drunk than we are now. Uh, so get on that and enjoy it. Because we will. Oh, yeah. PC is not coming in. Again, I know it's been a long haul. Love it all in the chat. Thanks for supporting us. Like, subscribe, all that nonsense. Stay well. Keep safe. Keep safe. Hail, hail. Hail, hail. Hail, hail. <laughs>